This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Siltel Farima of Sargentanis, Vimac Regal of Odin, Magoto Setsumi of Sargentanis. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. And by Alamo City Comic Con, October 28th through the 30th at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center in sunny San Antonio, Texas. Alamo City Comic Con celebrates the artists that entertain us through TV, movies, comics, gaming, and cosplay. For more info, including badge prices, celebrity guests, hotel accommodations, and more, visit alamocitycomiccon.com. See what's on this dying form of media communication called the radio. Could you pretend to try? Juxtaposition. Check out all these zany characters. Ascalia. Don't you have better things to do than mince around and gawk? And Mika. Son of a bitch. LimitBreakRadio.com. Five, Welcome to Limit Break Radio, episode number 61. Limit Break Radio, number Limit Broken Radio. Remember that. What? Thanks for joining us. I don't know. You can't break us, trolls. You can't break us. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Man, do we have a lot to talk about. Uh, a surprising amount of uh, info dropped at uh, PAX 2016, and uh, we're going to talk about it. We want to get your reaction to the new planned content uh, referred to as Deep Dungeon by the community, uh, known as what? The uh, City of the Dead? Whatever. Tower of the Dead? Yeah, whatever that is. Something. Palace of the Dead. Palace. Palace. Of the, Palace. Yeah, the, the municipality of the dead. <laughs> the airport of the dead. Uh, anyway, thank you for uh, joining us live at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. If you want to call in live to the show, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715 is how that is done. Kuki will be standing by to take your calls and the forward firewall. you and uh, forward you along to the show. We'd love to hear from you. We want to hear what uh, your reaction to the Palace of the Dead is, uh, as well as uh, some of these. Wow, uh, some of the questions that were asked at it packs. I, I'm, I, I get ready, guys. I'm going to yell at you. Real head scratchers. These ones. Uh, just good ones. Just there were like three. There was a personal favorite of mine. There were like three. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for uh, joining us. Limitbreakradio.com is the website. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, what the hell is wrong with you? Go get subscribed to that shit. That's over at limitbreakradio.com. Uh, yeah, lots to talk about this week, but uh, we're going to start it off uh, actually literally where we left it last uh-huh. week. Uh, last week, uh, we had uh, we had said that we were going to make an announcement about uh, some staff changes. And we, we, we ran long on time. We did. We, we ran did. Long, on, long on time. Uh, but uh, we also 
I don't know. It was also a little bit purposeful, right? Like I think it worked out. Yeah, I think it did work out. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Jimmy Kimmel called. He's really upset that we stole his bit. <laughs> it is. It, it, it is a little bit close to uh-huh. the uh, to the to the Matt All right, Damon well, bit. Well, uh, uh, do, do do you mind if I you know since since uh, no, you hired him. This is uh, yeah. Un- unfortunately, ultimately, I'm the one that's going to claim responsibility when things go awry. This was your decision. Yeah. There's uh, there's someone within our little community here who. I don't want to say that they help out, right, or that they're they're useful, but I think that we 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 put a lot of responsibility on their shoulders, right? Yeah, right. For for them just being uh, uh, an average casual listener, right? Uh huh. So uh, it took me a few weeks to finally decide to bring it up because I didn't want to be laughed out of my uh, out of my own studio, right, with with all my uh, my host friends here and stuff. But uh, I decided, you know what, guys? Look, in all seriousness, this is what I'm proposing, and uh, I tossed the idea to them. And we you now, still got made fun of it. Yeah, I did still get made fun of. Yeah. But we now have a summer intern. I would like a to, seasonal conditional right. summer intern. The, yes, yes. Is that is that a step above or below Papa Woody? That's that's a few steps below. Few Papa significantly below. Okay. below. Yes. It's like the dirt below. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right. These are the, the he's going to be the person who gets coffee for the people who gets coffee for for Woody. Right. Yay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but unfortunately, he's not actually in studio, so Ooh. you don't actually get any coffee. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce you to. Skuro, whatever the fuck his last name is. Skuro, what's up, buddy? Hi, Skuro. Oh, Jesus, what's up? <laughs> is it, is it Skuro or Lilith? It's Skuro. It's Skuro. Yeah. Okay. It's, Skuro. it's always going to be in Skuro. Fact, in Skuro. fact, one of the new conditions to your employment <laughs> is you have to change your in-game name to Skuro. Oh, my God. Please? <laughs> yeah, you need... Yeah. But, but Who even approved this? Girl, man. This was made without my Why knowledge. I don't approve of this. Time out. Okay, Nika, are you going to be doing... Oh, I, I would like to point out, Nika, <laughs> I would like to point out that when he did the first Twitch highlight, he did a million percent more Twitch highlights than you have. Yeah, that's true. Um, Infinitely no, I did more. some, like, back in the coil days. Oh, the coil days. Oh, well, he's oh, been doing them, oh. like, reliably now. All right, anything post-2014. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, Skrull, welcome to the cast. In the background, we heard Kooky piping up there uh trying to time out <laughs> good when when we first brought him into our little host chat her first reaction was what is he doing here yeah and then we all That's spent horrible. the next hour changing his name to terrible derogatory things it doesn't even work on my screen anyway no one like cares my, nika i have like my apps my browsers nothing it's still just you never it. pay attention to host chat anyhow yeah i do yeah, definitely yes, I she, do. she pays more attention than she does to my messages to her all right, all right. Well, look, look. All right, everyone in the chat seems to be very, very upset about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta be kidding me! As uh, well, you should be. Damn it, Kahlo. Fuck me sideways. How dare you hire Skuro? Damn yes, you, Kahlo. Idiot. Yeah. So, um. Give a love. We need to, we need, to, we, look, we need someone to do actual grunt work for yeah. us. We uh, actually like Papa Woody. Yeah. That, which is not something that we expected. No. No. Of course not. No, not but, at all. But before we continue this, there's actually, uh, Skrull, I actually came across something that, that after seeing this, I don't know if, if we can keep you on. And, and I thought that, that, you know, yeah, you're, you're, I, I question this. Yeah. Look, you're, you can be a smart dude sometimes. And, and this really calls oh. it into question. And on top of that fucking stupid ass comment that you made in in Twitch a few days ago. Oh, oh. Which apparently yeah. he was trolling us, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. I was. But uh-huh. but this is something that we came across and 
look, we're going to need some some explanation. Yeah, there's or else you can't continue your employment here. Yeah, we're going to need we're going to need clarification on this. Just so you know, we're not going to be able to send the audio down the line to you so, so that you can hear it. So yeah. so but I, I think I, th- I think you'll have an idea of, of what we're talking about. So, all right. So, we've got this video. Kahlo, this is... Uh, I found this. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Bastard. So, you bastard. No, you're muted. You are muted. All right. So, let's get, let's get some audio going here. There we go. Okay. Trying to figure out his audio issues oh. in the video. Shouldn't be anything on my end because I could hear you a fucking minute ago. This is this is great, Colin. This is real professional. Real professional. Good presentation. Thank you. Yeah. I can't even like say this straight face because I know what your reaction's gonna be. Okay. So we actually we got his reaction to the request on seriousness, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. How would you like to actually be a part of Limit Break Radio? Look at that eyebrow. Look at that eyebrow shoot up. That'd be pretty fucking awesome. Like, 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 fucking he's awesome. trying to like hold it in. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah he's like, trying to contain you know, it. Like kooky slash like, you know, woody like level of Limit Break Radio. Because we were talking today and, and there's some stuff that's going to be going down and it's it's going to take a lot of like ground leg, you know, grunty work. So, I, I mean, we, 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 we are talking about quote unquote intern work. <laughs> Okay, um, yeah. I know that he he's also uh, possibly bringing in another guy that he actually knows in person, who uh, mm. is a fan and plays a little bit of FF. And I've actually been considering trying to bring this up to them before, but I knew that they would just laugh me out of the room. So, <laughs> which, is true, which, which is true. So yes, that was the it, proper uh, reaction bit, to that. But yeah. you know, when they were bringing all this stuff up, I'm like, look, guys, in all seriousness, maybe we should tap Skuro. For some help Yay. with this, you know, give give him access. Boo! To, like, the Look Twitch at that glimmer in his eyes. Boo! Right, whatever, I ain't tapping you. For so that he he can help us. With yeah, something. don't say tap and scroll and, in you know, the same all, sentence, you know, please. <laughs> what, what, what if it's a double tap? Like, okay, that's fine. You no, know, obviously, you no, know, a good guy. He's a smart guy. <laughs> Juxta chimes in. He's actually really intelligent. You know, we just like giving him shit, right? So, um, I don't know if we have like an official title for you necessarily. No, we and don't have an official. What we do like, now is a conditional, oh, yeah, summer, conditional summer intern. Yeah. Yeah. So by summer intern, that means but he's fired after the summer? Yes. 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 Conditional, meaning that we can oh, fire yeah. him at will, too. Fucking awesome. All right. Uh, I, of course, or, I do have one Is he actually hired? Do we actually, are oh we actually paying him? <laughs> Wait, hang on, really? hang on. Here it comes. Look, I'm not even going to make you do it publicly, dude. I'm not even going to make you do it publicly. This is the best part. All right? Right here. Just between me and you, okay? <laughs> the privacy of me and you, that's it, okay? Just for, for my own sick, twisted, demented pleasure, <laughs> I want you to try and convince me that Jar Jar Binks is a, is a Sith. He hates and, this theory, by the way. The radio, joke is, is that he despises the idea of this I'm like theory. quickly looking to see if there's actually like a stream up right now. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was my first thank you thank you very <laughs> much Cybria, for the patron contribution <laughs> I don't blame you but that's hilarious he, he so he goes to check for the stream because no, he bro, sees is, the setup has no closed. idea that you're rolling on it know, and yeah, that like we're gonna play it now basically yep. I might hold it over your head like sort of in secret type of deal, nope. right? But no, no this is the plan all along. This. This yeah, this was so uh, this was the plan from word go. Okay, so so 
How, how exactly am I supposed to convince you of this? <laughs> you know what all the He's points so are. reluctant. You, you, you can right. see, mm-hmm. you can see the reluctance in his face. Oh my god, this is going to be amazing! Why do you think the Binks is a Sith? Because that's a fucking ridiculous idea. So, Jar Jar Binks is actually a key player in many of the big moves on the Sith side, and actually giving Palpatine power. You can see and the pain on his face. Outcasts, He's literally reading it off of a page as pained as possible. And, and else. someone wow. needs to get Vesengi in here to see this. Someone contact Mini Bun. What else? What else? I guess you could say that he did have the little bit of the drunken boxing thing going on. <laughs> I'm gonna you know, some of the, the some of the movements do match I'm gonna be a member of the show. I'm gonna be a member of the show. Just lie back and think of England. And a lot of the voice, uh, actually voice, kind of like little mouthing that he does, it does line up a lot with dialogue. This, look at him nervously picking at his facial hair. <laughs> so during like certain dialogues, uh, when there's like, like Qui-Gon's making decision. Uh, you'll see Jar Jar Binks. Worst scan. case scenario, we might get him to quit from doing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody in the chat is asking who this is. This is a guy who believes in the theory that Jar Jar Binks is actually a Sith Lord. He's yeah, very and, supportive yeah, of the theory. Yeah, and, and, and he's you're such an ad. And, and he's he's going very far out of his way to convince us of this. Now we have this man on the line, Skuro. We have you on the line. We want to. We, uh, how can you defend this? This is a ridiculous theory. Why would you go around spreading this trash across the internet? I mean, come on, Hello, you look you ridiculous. Son of a bitch! <laughs> what? You <laughs> thought we wouldn't bullshit. find this? <laughs> you dig deep into time, your background. I kept thinking, like, this is a trap. There's so much trap in this. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, but there's going to be some way. It's going to bite me on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, oh have, I have the biggest grin on my face right now because once again, Skrull, you can't I just go strength. around saying stuff like this. It really hurts your credibility on the internet. You know that, right? Right, right there with my trainables comment. So, you know, you know what? This know. time, I actually just vomited from being uncomfortable. Congrats, Skrull, <laughs> I guess. Kappa, kappa. What's uh, what's? Thank you, Malky. What's really great is I pitched this idea to them after the show last time. Yeah, right? yeah. And then as we're walking out, uh, um, Escali was telling me like how diabolical it was, and I'm like, well, you know that I actually have in play right now some type of prank against each of you that I can pull the trigger on at any time. And Escalia looks at me and goes, you're goddamn Batman, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Except like the your evil, evil Batman. twisted Joker version yeah, of Batman. You're Thomas Wayne Batman. Uh, all right, Skuro, uh, we're going to get you the fuck out of here because you're now making our audience vomit. But And you have work to do. Yeah, oh. you, yeah and you have work yeah. to do. But uh, welcome to the crew. I Bye. guess. Conditional, you. Goodbye, conditional seasonal intern. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, guys. <laughs> you, yeah, you're you're perfectly welcome. Uh, you, yeah, yeah. See, now you got to live up to that. And now, though, and now I would like to apologize to Kuki. Uh, I know that having him around makes you very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's why in this call already. <laughs> you can you can like throw him out if you want. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hang up yeah, on him. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're Done. you're his boss, so. Like you, wait, Kuki Skiro's boss. Yes, Kuki everyone is, is Skiro's boss. Kuki is Skiro's boss. Yeah, directly. I like this. Yeah, so like this. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you get to crack the whip. Anyway, most of the LB army is Skiro's boss. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, anyway, uh, congratulations to Skiro uh, for uh, joining the crew. That's about the amount of abuse you can expect, buddy. 
<laughs> Just so you know. Uh, and uh, also, uh, Kuki, uh, congratulations on uh, your engagement. Uh, I know that oh. we had mentioned it on the post show, uh, but not officially on the show itself. So uh, everyone you. in the chat, everyone in the chat, light up with some uh, emotes to congratulate Kuki on her engagement. Oh, okay. So, so if you're holding out for Kuki, go ahead and cross that one off. <laughs> That's right. That's another dream dead. <laughs> That's right. Missed my chance at uh, Yomacon. Anyway, anyway, uh, all right. So uh, now that that's out of the way, why don't we uh, check out some FF14 news? This is a limit breaking news update. Well, we have a uh, solid date on the next live producer letter. Uh, that is uh, going to be on the 29th. That's uh, Friday, April 29th, starting at 12 a.m. Pacific. You can uh, view it at the uh, usual suspects, the YouTube Live, Nico Nico Live, and Twitch links. Uh, you can find all of those over at lo- at the Lodestone or at our website, LimitBreakRadio.com. Um, and that's pretty much it outside of what was coming out of PAX. Lots of packs. That gets its own. 2016. Uh, yeah, plenty of packs. 2016 uh, news and info uh, and discussion. A couple of uh, hints at FanFest and what we can expect out at FanFest. The types of announcements that we can expect out there and uh, much, much more. So uh, let's uh, let's just get right into it and uh, talk about the uh, packs East 2016 info. Uh, and, uh, look, let's, this was the first time that they had ever taken live questions, uh, from, I mean, they had a bag of questions that were submitted at the, uh, booth, but they also took live questions from the audience, which I'm sure they'll never do again now. I, oh, they weren't like, at least none of them were like really awkward. Like I was expecting from people who were there at PAX, but I mean, some of them were kind of dumb or like cutesy rather than important. But they well, were. What, no awkward. one asked them about Limit Break Radio. Hold what the on. hell? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's, yeah. What's an what, what? What would you consider like an awkward question? I don't know. Like when I go to anime conventions and you see people ask the same questions of every single voice actor. Like, so um, I really wanted to get into this business. Can you tell me? I know. How, oh my god, how, it's excruciating. It's fucking excruciating. How can I get started? Hey, uh, hey, Yoshi. <laughs> oh. Just, just, just wondering, what are you jacket to? Just, just pretend that they have a question, and they're like, "I, I made this for you. Can I, can I give this present to you?" Oh my god! But in front of everyone, instead of like going to them privately at the booth, they like try to they wait till the Q and A to do it in front of everybody. Just one time, I want to see the voice actress be like, "No, get away from me, you weirdo!" Yeah, but the, the thing is, is that I mean, I don't know when people got mics in front of them. It was, I mean, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Nobody fell to pieces or was like. You know, stuttering. Yeah, like uh, a- an awkward mess. But at the same time, the questions were literally questions that we've had answers to for yeah, quite a few months. Away. For months, and that was excruciating. Just question after question of like, we already know this shit. Can we talk about anything new? Can we talk about anything new? And it was just uh, there was, I don't know, ridiculous question. We're gonna start with the good stuff first. You think they're planted? Uh, no, I don't. Ball questions, like as always. No, no. no. No, I I doubt it. I mean, because they weren't even softball questions. They like they were questions that Yoshi P just like shook his head to. <laughs> I know. There were so many times where Yoshi like heard a question he didn't want to answer. He would cover his ears and turn away. I think he did that like ten times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, 
either like embarrassed or upset that he has to answer this question yeah. or like yeah. that he's heard it so many times but doesn't have an answer. He's, he's like, one more time and I will shoot the translator. Don't fucking test me. <laughs> but we should point out that Yoshi P was wearing a Joe Never Fails shirt. That's that, pretty cool. Yes, that is true and uh, totally awesome. Congratulations to Joe who was actually out there in attendance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure he gave him the shirt. I was like, yeah, how much yeah. I bet Joe like flags down Yoshi in the back. Like, you yeah, he did. He got, a, he got a picture with him and everything and gave him the shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, one of the very first questions and uh, looking back at one of the better questions uh, and I, I mean still it wasn't a great question but how many classes can we expect with each expansion which is a very clever actually I gotta give him it's credit it's a clever way to ask it's it. a cleverly worded question yes uh, and Yoshi's reply was how many <laughs> like he was like real what the fuck he what had, he had the translator like repeated like two or three times he's like wait He's asking how many did you did you get, did you get the context right? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. Like three isn't okay. enough. Didn't uh. they say after that though? Like they would tell us at FanFest. Yes, they did say that that's where the FanFest tease came in. Uh, there was also another small tease, like, uh, and and because a lot of, of course, people pick apart uh, these types of presentations for hints and clues that Yoshi drops. Uh, one of the uh, maybe clues was uh, at the beginning of the Q&A, they were, uh, they were like, oh, let's look for no one that has an agenda and nobody in samurai armor. So that, oh, no, I, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, that could be that, oh, no, could, that could be a hint. So, I thought I heard them say that someone was in samurai armor, so they weren't going to pick that guy. I don't know. Why, I guess I don't know. They didn't show I don't know why person. wouldn't you? I don't know why you wouldn't, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, they, it could be a hint. You're right. There could have just been someone out there who was... Uh, uh, who was dressed up as a samurai? Who knows? It was Nika. <laughs> I wish. Uh, so, uh, which is your favorite quest and least favorite? Uh, this was kind of interesting. Uh, it, again, another softball question. But uh, Yoshi P admitting to hating the Moogle quests in uh, Heaven's Word, which I mean, not everyone does. Yeah, I don't know. I feel no. I feel like he would not have said that if the people didn't think that. Also, I feel like because it's really hard to say like the game that you develop and the people you work with like what you hate about it. So I feel like he was kind of just going with the masses by saying the movie. Not necessarily. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think uh, so. Nobuo has, uh, uh, for example, Uimatsu, the you know who was it obviously famous for all the the classic Final Fantasy music has uh, admitted to hating that that classic like you know medley because it was just like a few fucking notes on a piano that he did all rushed and stuff yeah right? they, again he made that though whereas like what Koji was saying he's like um, I, I can't answer this because I love all the people that sit right next to yes, me where Koji, I work and I'm not gonna answer this Koji was much more diplomatic Yoshi P just came out with it and he was like I fucking hate the Moogles well Moogles, and, and Moogles probably what bad. it is I mean look even even from a developer standpoint from a player standpoint the way that that zone was handled yeah. was a chore. So does this necessarily mean that he literally hates Moogles? No, it's probably just the way that they went about it. Right. You could go back. Obviously, it's still going to be Moogle, Moogle quests, but I think they probably would have designed it a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, also mentioning that in 3.3, we're going to, quote, get revenge on the Moogle King. <laughs> I could not figure out if that meant like Mogul or if that was like the king in the Sea of Clouds or whatever, like the new king. that. We I met. don't know. Yeah, that's that's a good question. There's already been a Mogul extreme. Right. Right. What, what, yeah. what else be, would there be? But what would you get? What, Savage. I, no, I was assuming it was going to be like Beastman quest. Like the next Beastman tribe would be Moogle. Oh, I think that would be cool. That you know what? That never occurred to me, but that makes a whole lot of sense because it does seem well. But then, and then you well, become I don't the know. king because he when, does when he say said Moogle king. I thought of the guy who's like in the chair 
where you go and you well, talk. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought of. I thought the idea when he said get revenge on him, I thought that that was like sort of like a meta thing because we hate the Moogles so much. Like, don't worry, we're going to go back and, and we're going to get him. You oh. know? Yeah, that's uh-huh. what I thought. Because too. there's also, they said, new Moogle quests are coming to fix this dislike. So obviously right now, a lot of people look at the Moogles in a very negative light because of these quests and they want to they wanna fix that and change that. Kyle, right. Kyle, right. What? Look at me. I am the Moogle King now. <laughs> Uh, Where's your pom pom, bro? So uh, Koji uh, being being diplomatic and saying that uh, fuck he, you, Koji. He he doesn't dislike any quest, but he uh, really enjoys the fate descriptions and thinks that those are probably some of the most overlooked flavor texts. Yeah, he's I completely agree. He's mentioned that before. He's mentioned that before. The flavor t- and the flavor texts get better the lower level you are, because mm. how they swing some of the low level fates as being important is amazing. Yeah. That's apparently Lalafell tastes really good. Along along with that, though, I thought it was really cute when somebody asked if if the fate names were punny in all languages. Yes. And they said that they actually have like a thing where they agree that, you know, it's kind of left up to the translating teams, but they agree that it's going to be punny in something that's funny in each culture, which I thought was kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely think that that's a that's a pretty cool touch. Uh, So uh, why don't we uh, go to uh, our phone lines? We've got uh, Shinta Sin hanging on the line. Shinta, what's going on, man? Hey guys, what's happening? Uh, I just got back from, well, I got back yesterday from PAX, a little emergency, but I did spend, of course, the live Q&A time there as well as Friday and pretty eventful. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's a lot that we're going to get to uh, cover. They saved, uh, of course, uh, you know, they set aside 15 minutes to show off the uh, deep dungeon feature. And uh, so, yeah. uh, So what was it? I mean, it was it must have been cool, like being in the room and, uh, uh, you know, watching the uh, Q&A go down. Did you get a chance to ask a question? Oh, yes, I did. Which one? Which one did you ask? After I asked this question, I had the honor of my Twitter feed just sort of sparking up a little bit of activity. Yeah. I was the one that basically asked in longer in a longer amount of words, when the fuck does Perry get good? Yeah, that's that was you. That, okay, <laughs> that was all right, me. all right. So, and that was that was actually one of the better questions out of the uh, out of the Q and A. Yoshi like rolled his eyes at you, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He, he not only was he upset about it from what people told me about it, but they were like, can we just have this guy clarify it? Maybe he wants to be a little nicer with it. And then I got the mic a second time. And then I said that with all the parry on all the gear that I have, there's no reason for any of it to be there. When does this get fixed? It's what all I bad. thought was kind of dumb, though, is they answered your question with the information that they've already told us. Yeah. Like, yeah. We already knew and that they said the thing, that, though. like, either in 3.4 or when the eye level goes up, they will change Perry. Like, they've said that already. So, like, why wouldn't they tell right, us something new? Like, the question I had asked, like, I asked, like, what does it go, you know, like, what are you guys debating on the development side? What does it take on the development side? Like, the first time I asked around it. Right. Like, I asked, like, what kind, what kind of things, you know, have to go into consideration to make you have to, you know, before you actually do change it? Like, I actually asked, you know, for, you know, more detailed, um, you know, aspects of it. But, you know, they just kind of gave the general thing that we already knew. So. Please but, look forward to it. Yeah, pretty much. Please look forward to it. And, uh. Yeah, that's that was mainly it. But the day beforehand, uh, I'm sure you saw via the Twitter feed that I uh, saw Yoshi P down at the show floor. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's him. I'm like, yes, I'm going to make full use of this. So I just scoop my arm around him like you're in my embrace now. <laughs> it's picture time. <laughs> <laughs> 
You weren't like nice. tackled by like the Yoshi seat, like <laughs> the Secret Service, <laughs> the Secret nope. Service or whatever. Oh, that's and, funny. Right. That Koji Fox was smiling like really widely and decided to join in on the picture. Koji takes out like a nunchuck, starts beating Shintison with it. With I think that's I think that's actually the picture that has the Yoshi or the uh, Koji Fox creep face in it. Like he, <laughs> yes, th- it is. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that I sent to you guys on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. The 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 Koji Fox the the Koji Fox creep face. I want to see if I can bring that up because somebody needs to make a meme out of this. <laughs> Shinta, <laughs> just, just so you know, if you're going to go to conventions, you need to be extremely careful about putting your arm around someone and then like saying, it's picture time. Because <laughs> that is not going to go well all the time. To be fair, yeah. I asked for his consent beforehand. Oh, wow. Said, oh, well, you didn't okay? mention that yeah. in, the, in, the, in he, the story. And then he nodded and then and I gra- wrapped my arm around him like, you're in my embrace now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he doesn't speak English. Okay, no, it was actually... He, oh, yeah, he, rec- exactly he understands right. English. Well oh, does he? Though. Okay. No, it was actually, it was in, it was in uh, Malky Thera's uh, tweet with the Koji Fox creep face. Look at that! Isn't that hilarious? That that I just need that face excerpted out. Koji, stop! <laughs> Koji, son. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, Shinta, thanks for uh, your uh, report from PAX and uh, congratulations on being selected for the Q and A and for actually asking one of the few relevant questions that got uh, brought to the show floor. We uh, we appreciate that uh, putting that hard work in, and uh, you don't need to be. I don't think you need to be nicer about the way you phrase things i think you phrase that perfectly well so uh anyway shinta thanks for calling in today man not a problem thanks for having me guys all right so if you want to call into limit break radio limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 let's continue on the q and a uh one of the uh other interesting questions that was asked out there was will we ever see weapons that augment specific skills now this is a a discussion that we've had several Mm -hmm. several times here on the show and uh basically the response that they gave is that uh they don't want a specific skill to become so necessary or critical that a player would be considered second rate if they don't have the item and they cite haste as an example which I really and they're not wrong. I know. You know I what? They're it. not. They're not wrong. But I don't think that they understood the spirit of the question. Right. I, I don't think that that somebody's asking for another stat to be added to to uh, to gear. I think that that person was asking about rewards other than just a shiny piece of relevant gear right, at the right. end of it. Plus, there are a few ways to I think alleviate this concern. All right. First of all, when you look. Currently, at the fact that there's not really any like mid core, that it's all casual content and hardcore content, that I don't think that obviously it will happen. I'm not saying that it won't happen at all, but I don't think it's going to happen as much to where you're going to get someone who is being refused into a group because they don't have the quote unquote, you know, top tier weapon, right? Like, for example, if you're in one of those like bleeding edge progression raids, or, you know, if you're even, I would say, at at Nika's level, you're going to be working to get that weapon. You're going to have it in a pretty timely manner weapon or armor or or whatever has the trait on it. Right, right. right. Secondly, if you make it so that it's widely available, don't like, you know, put it behind like, you know, an extreme clear or something, you know, put it to where it's casually acceptable to get. 
then you're not going to have that problem because there shouldn't be an excuse or there won't be an excuse for not having it. See, right? I almost feel the opposite, though. I feel like if you make it so hard to get that barely anyone has it, people can't require it because no one's going to have it. They but will, so that, though. But, and, so, and then that way, if they if they come out and say that when they balance the raids, if they do not at all take into consideration those ultimate weapons and they say this is meant to be cleared and it was balanced with people who do not have these weapons and that way the, the you know, the rare minority 1% of people who get this item are just a bonus on top and they're not required because barely I, anybody has it in the first place. I call bullshit on that because they say they don't balance raids around healer DPS and yeah. Well, yeah, but that's for if you want to clear it like before their intended eye level, which is obviously like way higher than what you can get each week due to tome cap outs. Well, I think it also comes down to what exactly they're talking about, what augmented skill they're talking about putting on there. They mentioned haste, which was so needed and mm-hmm. overpowered in four in 11 uh, like if they're more careful true. about making the stat that they put on it haste there was no comparison but i think i think the the spirit of the question was asking more about you know th- stuff like we've suggested in the past where you finish the 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 relic quest line and you get uh an additional skill or a skill boost yeah, I think a, a trait. weapon skill would be cool yeah and 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 i think and they didn't address that at all and i don't and i think that that got some lost some Somewhere in the translation, I think that's what the person asking the question meant. When we and I'm not sure that it ever got really well. To, to when Yoshi. we brought this up on various episodes, and we brought, we brought it up for a, a variety of reasons. You know, I think that one of the reasons that a Nero wants it is because that's something that will add that that new kind of incentive to certain things. You know, something unique and gear lusty. Well, right? it, not not exactly, but I mean, like think about like it, it, what was what do you think the percentage of players were that completed a 2.0 relic, like all the way to the Nexus. Or Novus or whatever. A lot of people did, right? So, and and if you were to go back and do all of that work now, it's actually a fraction of the work because they've eased the item yeah. uh, the item requirements. They've eased, uh, it, you know, because of the level cap, a lot of the challenge has eased out of it. And so it's not it's not a challenge. It's not even that much of a grind anymore. So because you have that, attaching some kind of weapon skill or trait gives people a reason to do it and continue to do it and work on it and finish those weapons uh, instead of them just being uh, a way to skip a step True. in the in the new progression well, pattern. Well, one of the other reasons that we brought up something like this wasn't just like on the relic thing, but you know, look at the wider the wider use that you could get out of this. You know, we talk about wanting to be able to like customize the way that we play as individual jobs yes. to to different metrics, right? So instead of just coming out like with one weapon or one piece of armor here or there for each class that augments one of your good abilities instead come up with what we said in a previous episode we're like you know take something like diadem where you could put five or six different materials on the uh, the bible list using the spoils right they can cost 50 or 60 or 60 spoils whatever but they're available to everyone and they augment something that's more like a quality of life type thing that's right? what and that's why i said uh, make it a binary choice make it a choice yes. between two two different uh, uh, options that way you know like there are players who will be lazy and won't do it and then they're at you're right that that, that sets them at a bit of a disadvantage but I, I, you know like I don't know. Someone like, in the chat was said, well, people already, and I think that they're, they're using this as an example of why they shouldn't do this. Okay. That people are already kept out of raids based on gear. You're absolutely right. 
And you know what that is? They're not. They're kept out of raids because either they don't have the time to get better gear, or they're and too lazy, or they just don't want to do it. Skill. That's basic eye level and like damage output, though. Like someone else yes. mentioned, and this was a good example that in eleven, nobody required you to have a relic or a riddle in order to be in their party because right. they were so fucking rare. You could not require people to have it. And I think making a weapon in this game so rare that like five people had it, nobody would require you well, to not, have. It. And and see, this is and this is what I was talking about by having a weapon that is completely upgradable right at the beginning of the patch where you make the requirements for it, you make the grind for it so outrageously long and and ridiculous that seeing a a, a, a an overpowered weapon is a very rare sure, thing it sure. would be it would be an insanely rare thing and you would look at that person like oh my god what kind of like poop sock life do you have right and that way it would be a bonus to any content rather than a necessity exactly and then that way as patches come out the the uh, amount of grinding uh, that you have to do is eased over time that way someone can can fast forward a little bit and yes you know what that's going to affect the balance of some of the pve stuff it is it just fucking is and there's no way around that mm-hmm. but if you put it out in low uh, you know like if there's such a low output of it uh that you know only you know one to five percent of your entire community has one of these items it gives a goal that everyone can keep working toward that like i mean think about that like even you know you'd see someone who has a relic like three stages above yours and be like fucking wow that would be awesome and it would be and great the thing too is you don't have to pick one or other idea you know make on like this this whatever this relic weapon is let's say for the sake of argument is a relic weapon right like for the ninja one you know your your trick attack now lasts you know five seconds longer right right that'd be fucking insane and as a ninja you would want that but if the 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 uh, requirements for it are so fucking high that it's nearly impossible to get unless you're one of these bleeding edge people. That's fine. Right. But then you could also include smaller materia that, for example, you know, puts two seconds onto uh, the dancing edge debuff, or you know, as 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 a dark knight. Uh, puts you know another two seconds on to living dead you know small things like this that aren't required and that aren't going to necessarily change dps all that much but as a player if you get it and slot it into your gear you're going to notice a difference and and the thing is is that if you provide enough options for your player community and and give them a range of things to choose from it's going to prevent that pigeonholing that they're so concerned about right and, and also well, they about have to the, make sure that the things are all equal in value though because if people are like okay you're a a paladin and you have these four choices but you know the, the player base as a whole decides that if you're a paladin and you pick anything other than this one then you're losing but that's, that's why they can't be or they shouldn't be as much damage dependent because i think that's where the line is drawn if something increases your I dps think, that's what you have to yeah, take trick attack would be a bad a bad but, one well as as no 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 because a trick trick attack would be on the the weapon at the end that's something that you really fucking want the yes. other things that you could get easily like doing uh, through doing like DM or Beastman dailies, those ones would be more arbitrary and just provide quality of life changes. I, and, and I mean, I think that that's a pretty good suggestion right there. Uh, also, they wouldn't be able to, they, I, I think that in PVP, they 
should be void. Um, but but Nika, Nika wasn't there. Wasn't there that time where you know we woke up from you know the 1.0 to 2.0 transition and people didn't really know. You know, they didn't really understand, you know, like that tanks wanted to stack crit and and determination. It took a while, like with people screwing around with Perry to see what kind of returns that got to figure out that that's a bogus stat. And and well, when 2.0 launched, I don't even know, like Warrior was weird and Warrior was like pretty much as broad as DPS because nobody tanked with Warriors. I mean, it was a very weird day when 2.0 launched. Yeah. and, and, And the thing is, is that like if you do, if you introduce a system like this where you're augmenting weapons. Skills or you're augmenting job abilities, then you have to. You, I mean, you have to do it in mass. You have to do it in a way that that augments, uh, you know, all of the jobs. Uh, and and as you said, somewhat fa- equally, uh, so that you don't. I, I mean, yeah, you at some point you're going to have a locking down of like this is probably the best stat allocation. But for a while, people are going to play around with it, and you never, you know, there's. There's multiple situations that that, you know, you get into. And if you can specialize your your job for, you know, say as a paladin, you could uh, absorb more damage than other paladins because you're stacked up on damage absorption, stuff like that. Or, you know, like I think that those are are ways that you could do it. And yes, it's going to take some time to shake out and and people are going to find the most effective ones. But if you make it a a, a range of options, if you give players a range of options, it's going to take more time and it's going to take more meta discussion. And I think that that's a good thing. Another thing to keep in mind, too, is that as the game goes on things constantly change i mean take a look at the fact that through a lot of gordius what tank was not wanted because there was such a high dps check nika was paladin right people you they wanted warriors but you mentioned there was a time back in coil when there was one coil with a damage output was so fucking high you wanted paladins you did not want warriors yeah. Yeah. so it's not so even if the community does decide oh well you have to have these these material traits you can't have the other ones that's going to change at some point and especially with the fact that this whole uh uh that we haven't talked about yet but the palace of the dead comes out right now that you have a more solo or casual you know low man centered content you're gonna have a lot more room yourself to also sit here and play around with different gear options and this could also lead to the fact they might have to change something in order for this to work though since you know unique gear but having multiple gear sets with different things on it so you don't have to worry about completely re uh rematerialing your gear whenever you want to switch you can just switch over to a different uh gear set and there'll definitely be a balance that they got to find with it too because like just on a smaller scale what's best in a5 savage may not be what's best in a6 yeah, savage and, and honestly the the excuse they gave which was all oh, well, will be hard to balance i find is really weak because essentially what you're saying is uh that but then we'll have to try really hard at our job yeah i mean i get it you're right it probably will be hard to balance but balancing the game and providing a game that players enjoy and want to play is part of it now back in final fantasy 11 when we did this i might not have had that opinion because they were so closed off about communicating with people it's like look it's their game we're gonna play it as they intend to play it but obviously they've shown that they are open to discussions they want to know what we as players want and they want at least in some capacity to give us that and this is something that is going to it'll change the face of the game in a way that we will still recognize it but everyone will be fucking ecstatic about it even the naysayers and the haters beforehand eventually will get on board about it so if your whole thing is oh well it'll be hard to balance i don't fucking care make it happen 
I, I mean, I just, uh, yeah, uh, I, it, to me, the reward system is, is lackluster and could be a whole lot better. Uh, and there's ways that they can improve on that. And hopefully they're going to take some of the suggestions to heart for 4.0. Uh, I mean, I know that they've planned a lot of their content ahead of time, but, uh, you know, they've also been remarkably responsive to uh, listener and player feedback. So hopefully they're going to continue uh, to, to take that into account. Uh, so, again, if you want to call the show, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. Uh, Kuki will uh, take your call and forward you along to us in the studio. Uh, there was an interesting question in there about the influence of the uh, Brute Justice music which i thought was pretty the cool. music and the raid as a whole like the style of it yeah and and you know they said that the you know the first four raids were presented very sort of straight-faced and seriously and that they wanted midas to be a little bit funnier a little bit jokier mm-hmm. um and uh wanted to include a fight that uh referenced uh basically like you know robot mecha anime. yeah no i thought that the raid was really great the only thing that i think would have improved it overall like you know as 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 one masterpiece is if there was a way to queue for all of them at once and you literally did them in succession running from like you know fight to fight instead of being kicked back out and going back in that's i think one of the big big strengths that raids in like you know world of i don't know how they are now but back when i played in world of warcraft compared to these is they don't feel like actual zones uh actually um anira you brought up on one of our previous shows uh the way that they did uh uh, coil one you know yes. i mean granted it was only ads and then the last boss but you were actually in what felt like a place yes yeah it, it, well uh, the whole of bahamut uh you know coil of bahamut felt more like zones than anything in alexander i mean Alex- well, well, technically if you're playing the raids that are current and they're still on like the lockout where once you do one you can't go back in like that still has the like after you beat a5 you're in this like in between zone where you enter a6 and it doesn't kick you out right and so w- once you get to a point where you're like doing all four you can go boom 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 in succession but it's, without it's actually still, leaving it's still putting you in like you, like you're it's zoning like between zone. them and being yeah, put yeah. in like a waiting room yeah it's I'd like breaking actual- my immersion well essentially i well i think it, well, you would be more immersed if this was feeling like you were actually crawling up the arm you know no i i, I agree i agree which is, I which mean- is why i actually liked uh freaking coil three or whatever that like sonic the hedgehog run through because even though it was like super pointless and dumb like it actually made you feel like you were going down Absolutely. and like trying yeah. to get to the next area yeah and, and it, like how a4 was like an elevator it's kind of cool exactly no you're, you, you, it, it gave you a sense of space it gave you a, a sense of being in a in a place mm-hmm. that is much bigger than you and i mean even even uh uh binding coil four that uh nika you just pointed out was an it's elevator, an elevator, yeah. an elevator that's really just a circle arena but the fact that it's it's animated moving down gives you a sense that you're moving through something it would just be cooler if they had attached some sort of like dynamic environment to it so that when the enrage and hit it was it, it, the enrage hit uh, it was like you were moving into a place that got bigger instead of just a repeating wall pattern that's mm-hmm. scrolling by. Um, but whatever, I guess that that's that's a bit nitpicky on my part. So, uh, but uh, yeah, they they did say that the music was uh, purposely composed to reference. Uh, I don't know what anime he was talking about, but it was a specific anime. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool, though. I liked it. When do I get my brute justice music, Yoshi? Uh, well, they did say that uh, the primal. 
panels were getting kind of like warmed up and prepped for fan fest performances so we might see maybe orchestrians maybe maybe some uh some performance out there that would be very cool i'd love to i'd love to hear it would be cool but they did sound i mean when he said it he just said performances in japan yeah. I, the, I, I hope he means all of fan fest. i think yeah i think they do mean all of fan fest we'll see we'll see it'd be surprising if they didn't bring him over for the end i think so yeah because i mean Sokin comes over with the crew anyway he usually right. does a panel i can't imagine unless he's like booked doing something else which what would you be doing? I don't know. So busy. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I thought that that was uh, that was pretty cool. And uh, I would love to see a live version of the Brute Justice music done <laughs> uh, with like a big fat horn section. That would be so fucking cool. Oh, my gosh. That'd be awesome. That would be so cool. I want to play in that. Someone someone invite me. <laughs> And uh, that brings us to the Palace of the Dead. Yes. Uh, now, this is the announcement that got everyone excited, everyone talking. Uh, you forgot to mention that guys might be able to wear bunny outfits. Uh, well, no. We're, we're getting to that, Nika. We, we, yeah, we're going to get to the dumb Way to jump ahead, Nika. <laughs> we're going to get to the dumb shit. That Don't was worry. the best question. Way to jump off the platform. And st- you, you stole his thunder now. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. now Juxta it's all has sad. no thunder. I thought, I thought Juxta said that was the most hey. important question, and hey, we were doing the bag. good question. And you don't think that maybe he was holding out, like, waiting for it so that he could be really excited about it, and now it's just completely gone? Come on. Uh, Let's well, be honest. Juxta no, never has thunder. You know, <laughs> within 48 seconds, he sucked all the fun out of the room. <laughs> oh jeez so uh yeah uh we got a uh got a couple of looks at uh some of this new content uh not much not a ton mind you uh, uh only a couple of screenshots but uh, i'm gonna go ahead and bring one up for you here uh and uh yeah there we go that's uh that's the first one exciting new content coming soon uh <laughs> it's neo neo nice uh, yeah, that does seem to be uh, what uh, what we're going to be getting, um, which I th- I mean, I don't know. I think that's uh, it's kind of cool that what they outlined here is, uh, I think, really encouraging and really exciting. Yeah. It's kind of what we've been calling for for about 10 episodes now. Yeah. Right. It's like oh. a mix of Nigel Island salvage. Yes, exactly. Oh, Escalia. Yes. What what we've been calling for. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> you know what I. And what I gather from these uh, these pictures is, look at the fucking weapons. I want that glow for my weapon. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it was a show or a stream that I was complaining, but with the new relics right now, the coolest one to me was the first fucking stage. Yeah. With Ninja, anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look juxta at to look right at the glamour. Yeah, exactly. Juxta looks at it and just sees nothing but but the glamour opportunities that exist. Uh, but uh, just kind of showing off some visuals here. Sorry, mm-hmm. just getting this. Oh, back no on. problem. Uh, I would just like to throw out there that there Juxta and I are going to be starting a new link shell for when Palace of the Dead comes out. Uh, so if you would like to be in it, let us know, and we will put you through a test. Because you, if you're a bad, you don't get to be in it. Calling it the Deadheads. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm good it's at calling it the phallus with the head. Uh, I didn't even notice that glow the first time I looked at this. That's because you don't notice How the important do you things. you see Nita? that sword that's made out of light? Because <laughs> okay, she I was doesn't... trying to screenshot stuff, and it just didn't work out, so I was, like, panicking. Because so. she doesn't notice what's important, Juxta. Yeah, clearly. Okay. I don't know how Senpai lives with it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we see some of the uh, new weapons and uh, the zone design. Uh, a couple of people mentioning that uh, looks very uh, Beldian. Uh, or yeah. 
Amdapori? Uh, Amdapori, yeah. Very kind of Amdapori looking. No, that um, one's glowing too. What You're, is up with the Black Shroud and having all of the undead? I don't know, man. I it, and that where Tamtara is too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, you're 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 absolutely right, Escalia. Instead, maybe what they should do is everything in the Black Shroud they make should not have an overall cohesive theme about it. Uh, let's put like a rainbow bridge in there. Let's get a pot of gold with uh, leprechaun warriors fighting hype. around it. Yeah, that if sounds you, fun. Can, you, can we it, have a unicorn too? Yeah. If uh, you want to call and uh, let us know what you think of the uh, new mode, Palace of the Dead, uh, Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero. Two zero. I'm sorry. Uh, five one five eight seven one five. I was starting to give out the final encounter cast number. Um, but let's take a look at uh, the specifics here of Palace of the Dead. Uh, so uh, it says recently discovered in the Black Shroud, the Palace of the Dead is a bottomless dungeon populated by an army of undead souls. Those who dare brave the depths will face an ever-changing layout protected by powerful magics, which will sap their very strength. Uh, so uh, we know uh, right off the rip. It's going to be available for solo play or in a party of up to four adventurers. That sounds really interesting. How are they going to balance it for solo people? Yeah, I think yeah, that I, I don't know. I think the challenge is going to increase the higher level mm-hmm. that you go because this features an independent progression system starting at level one. So uh, when we all queue in, regardless of our level in the overworld, uh, we're all going to be uh, starting from level one. A way that it could work, too, is if you go in as a party, maybe you just progress level by level. But doing it solo, you have a chance to progress, you know, by like multiples of five, for example. Or what would be cool, too, is if uh, the uh, system that obviously we still know nothing about, uh, what was it called? Uh, Bastion or Battalion or... Garrison? No. no, Garrison was yes. fucking World of Warcraft. But we, we thought that it was... Garrison to, was in 11. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, anyway, we, we were uh, uh, theorizing that it might be something like what the... Uh, in Final Fantasy 11, we can call NPCs. Oh, uh, oh, adventuring yeah. Adventuring fellows and trusts. Trust? You, you remember, trust. they, they had mentioned it in the last, like, yeah, uh, producer the, the, live letter kind of offhandedly. The new grand company system thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, you know, being able to call them in there or even your oh, chocobo. Platoon. platoon, that's yeah. what platoon. it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, Juxta. Thank you. I tried. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, there's, uh, a current level and, uh, progression autosave on select floors, uh, restart after, uh, being killed from save points. So, uh, much like Nizul Isle in 11, uh, it does seem like if you fail or fall before your objective is reached at a certain interval, mm-hmm. let's say five, I think five is probably a fair assumption to put that at, uh, that, uh, you will, uh, have to restart, from uh, from the beginning, unless you get a save point, which is probably going to be every five or ten levels, right? And so I, I so the the save point I, does I, that save your current level as well? I, I'm I assuming that it sounds like by independent progression. I assume that means like you get from like one to a hundred or whatever, and like every five it will save. So I'm thinking like you go in as a party, you get to level five, you can then queue up again solo and start at level six, and you just keep going. Like your individualized progression is progressed whether whether or not you go in solo or with a party. That's what it sounds like. Um, Which will be the question: If you go in as a party, do you all have to have access to the same floor? Yeah, then I'm wondering like if I'm say I got to level ten, but my friend is only at level five can i queue up with him and like go backwards and start at level five with him i don't i think it would be cool if when you go in let's say the four of us go in jux is at one escalia is at one anero and i are at 20 starts us at 10 
or maybe it just decides what the uh, the difficulty is. Are you is. kidding? Because they're going to get wiped up if it's if it's ten. It should it no, should probably have sink to go down to the lowest person. Yeah, yeah, it would have yeah, to yeah, sink to the, the lowest. lowest. Yeah. So, uh, normal benefits of eye level are uh, negligible in the dungeon. Uh, so you'll be able to ha- enhance your strength via items found in the palace. Now, what this is not clear on is if it's gear or if these are temporary items that will give you power. Much again, much like Nizul Isle, where you had temp items that uh, that would be able to be used to enhance or, your strength. Yeah, or it might be like Very you know, things are restricted, and then you get a potion that like unrestricts your magic usage or unrestricts your right. like strength stat or something like that. Right, right. Like, yep. Speaking of salvage, uh, it, it did, they did say that there would be uh, stuff that would lock your magic. Certain floors would lock your magic or abilities, and so uh, yeah, that does sound very close to uh, salvage and Nizul Isle because yes. certain floors of Nizul Isle would lock abilities as well. Correct. Uh, Avoid detection from archaic gears. Light right. the lamps. Fuck this game. Uh, so it is scheduled for release with patch 3.35 uh, and there's going to be bosses uh, that await on multiple floors and new floors will be added with future updates and a score ranking system is also planned for a future update. I'm, I'll be interested to see people trying to compete to see who can get the furthest in here playing solo well they said they might actually add that ranking system that what it said at the bottom a score ranking system mm-hmm. where they said it would be a solo system on a job by job basis to see like who could get farthest as a white major who could get farthest as a monk etc they did say that that's like an official thing they might actually add yeah yeah so uh, a lot of people colloquially calling this deep dungeon uh this is a feature that we've seen from uh final fantasy tactics they called it deep dungeon they, yeah, they, they, they yeah they they sort of referred to it as deep dungeon too uh but uh this was a feature that uh that we saw in tactics and uh and it does seem like it is very much influenced by nizul isle and uh you know for all of the you know all of the stuff all the criticism that we've been providing over the past couple of years what do you guys think about this what what are your thoughts we'd love to get uh we're gonna go around the room with our thoughts but we'd love to get your thoughts as well limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 uh kalo let's start with you all right well uh first of all what's always drawn me to mmos has always been stuff that i can do with friends you know i think since we've gotten the free company together the most fun i've had has been just gathering up a few people to do roulettes or even the eight of you know us to do to do Midas and stuff like that. But the problem with that is after the first week or two, it's all just, you know, repetition, right? And to be able to log on at the same time, you know, do something with, with you know, you and and Juxta and... I can't think of anybody else that I can stand to be around. Um, Kooky. Oh, Kooky. Yes. Austin Kooky. Shut up, Nika. Um, you know, and actually be able to do something <laughs> that I feel like I'm having some type of progression with, right? That it's not just repetitive stuff all the time. I'm really, really looking forward to this. And I know as of right now, Diadem is just a sham we don't like to look at and, and acknowledge, but I see a lot of room for improvement and evolution within a system like that, which yeah. should excite me, <laughs> but again, because of Diadem, it kind of... I'm apprehensive to say it, that, but it's, I'm excited. It sort of blunted it. your enthusiasm yes, for but, it. Yes, but I am excited for this. I think the fact you can do it solo or between one and four is is really really cool. And uh, I really hope this this ends up panning out to be something cool because, you know, my benefactor who, who's having trouble being happy with the game right now, uh, this is the type of content that she misses from, like, Final Fantasy XI, and I think right. it will also uh, re-inspire her Viger for the uh, for the game as well. Yeah, I, I it's uh, it definitely seems like a, a, a promising addition. 
you know, we what we don't know is, uh, you know, why? Yeah. Why? Why would you want to go in solo uh, between, uh, you know, one and four players? Nika, I think that this fills a hole that we have been uh, very vocal about, that there is no challenging four player content. Well, now, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's going to be challenging. Uh, we do know we do know that. in tr- Yes, that's the thing is that he did say that it was going to be casual. This does seem like it's going to be an endurance but. test. But it but let's uh, we don't know what the quote unquote end game of this is going to be because it's going the end game of this is going to be different from the right. end game that we have it really depends on how the loot system works with yes. this and if there's like tokens like tomes kind of or if there's a lockout on how much you can get per week or how many times you can enter per week that's really going to be where it is in terms of like what the hole that I feel is missing. Like if I can go in with my, you know, four people, but we can get farther, say, than someone who only goes solo, that would be cool because that would mean that I can have like the four, the four of us that, you know, we've been trying to just get our schedules together when we have I the bet. four people, we can go and we can get farther. Or maybe like, like how I know that in salvage, um, they had different ranks. And once you got like so far in a certain zone, you would go up a rank and you can get different gear mm-hmm. and different things. Assaults. For oh, assaults. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Assault. So if, if it's some, Something like that where like once we get to a certain floor we unlock a different tier of gear or tomes or something that would be cool especially if you can't do that as a solo player you can get different gear as a solo player but if you go in as four people then you know you can get different stuff i think that would kind of fill i definitely think i definitely think that the amount of people you bring in is going to affect your loot pool i don't know which way because you know you go in solo you think it's going to be much more of a challenge but if you go in solo for lower like it's it's also going to be interesting to see if we can queue in on specific floors much like we did for nizul isle i think that that's a good idea nika to attach specific rewards to specific floors and so you go floor hunting much like you did with nizul isle that was a very effective right. I think loot that would system be cool. and then that way it would be like oh if you only go in solo you know you can go in and repeat like floors one through 20 over yes. and over and farm the shit out of that stuff and then you know but if you have four people you can go up higher and 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 it, it it's it, I mean it's cool because uh, you know the more like the uh, the higher level you are the smaller pool of people that you are going to have that are going to be able to queue in on those levels mm-hmm. that you're at so it will add some kind of gear exclusivity if that's the pattern that they end up following yes, and actually that's great because I wanted to mention on something too that that they they're referring to this as casual content and something that that I I don't know if a lot of people have this preconception but but it's something that, that bothers me when they do that casual content means easy content yeah equals okay? not hard yeah. no I think that casual content is just something that's easy to step into and I really hope that as you get higher on these floors they do get progressively more and more and more and more challenging I think they would right? have to yeah. oh god I really right. hope so because I would hate to get this and just have it be face rolly stuff, right? And really quick in, in chat, uh, Reginald14 said Selvage was just a, such a mess in hindsight. No, it wasn't. Selvage, no, Selvage was a fucking masterpiece, bro. It was, yeah, that was, uh, it's still one of the more complex and uh, uh, cool systems. Yep, that if you think it was a mess, you didn't know how to do it, bro. <laughs> uh, to branch off real quick of something when Kala was saying how uh, Diadem was kind of a mess that didn't expand anywhere, I did notice they called it, they called it Deep Dungeon first and then called it Palace of the Dead. So I'm assuming that like in a couple patches down the road we'll get like deep dungeon oh yeah well they actually said it'll be like another deep dungeon they they, it even says in one of the graphics that they plan on adding more floors as we progress right Right, well that would be more floors to the palace of the dead but i'm assuming that there's going to be more deep dungeons outside of palace of the dead like oh i see oh like some that 
they'll yeah, have like, like a different completely theme different or zones in, yeah. in the future. Like, like maybe we were into the sky and yeah, you know, sky like tower in the clouds the somewhere in the sea. You know, like totally different areas. Completely. That would be cool. No, that 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 would definitely be cool. But I, I think that that's going to depend on uh, how they're able to perfect the randomization system uh, between the the, the levels. Uh, you know, they they were able to easily do that because you had a lot of repeated assets that existed in Nizul Isle and uh, that existed overall in Treasures of Ottergon. And uh, I mean, we see that there that, you know, these these zones are uh, well designed. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they pull off that randomization feature. And so uh, that's that I think that that's going to definitely be uh, be a huge factor there, too. I look at an event like this and based on the description of what we're getting, this is one of the first times where I look at it. I don't think about what's the reward going to be. That doesn't really play into my mind. I just look like, oh, my God, this looks like it could be something that could be fun to do more than once. Well, that's because you're a Terabad. Well, it, <laughs> Sorry, but, but it I look does at, like, have to do with the gear, with the reward, though, because yeah. Yeah, if, if, it's, if it's something without gear reward, it's something I would do one time and be like, okay, that was cool. Why yep. would I ever do it again? Yep. There you better be cool titles as well. have some kind of reward to make people care, no I, matter how fun the content is. I mean, and that's why I know that Joe was arguing this with PvP, is that the fun of it is the fun of it. But if there's no reward, there's no reason to do it. No reason to even play. Just cancel subscription. I'm not, I'm not saying <laughs> I, I like that I don't want there to be a reward, but it doesn't really enter my thought process i look at this and think oh my god something to do that's not tome farming because yeah. it's boring as shit and i don't ever want to do it again yeah. i hope that they have a title about penetrating the deep <laughs> uh, the deep penetrator let's uh let's go back to our phone lines and uh talk to melchuria of sergeant tanis what's going on melchuria uh not much thanks Just, for calling uh, in thank you thanks for having me and uh, Malky, um, you definitely called in because you're a fan of the salt, not a fan of me, right? Wink, wink. No comment. Salt on this show. She no called you a snow driver, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so thoughts on uh, the new palace of the undead? Okay, so the thing that I like about the Palace of the Dead is the fact that the layout is totally randomized, and you can't and and. And what I'm basically going to, like, take from this is, like, you won't have, like, any speedrun strats, like, oh, pull this, uh, don't pull that, yeah, pull you won't to this area and shit like that. Absolutely, yeah, you, you won't, it'll, it'll be true dynamics built into the game for the first time. Right. And I, and I think that's what, that's what is going to keep it very fresh for, like, the initial, um, for when it initially comes out. But then after after a while, it, it, I guess it, it starts getting um it starts getting progressively more and more um uh, brutal. What's the word for it? Difficult. Yeah. 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 yeah but, but I think like that's that's part of the challenge, and like the thing the thing is like this entire uh, the entire idea around it actually reminds me of uh, of how Mabinogi um handled its layout system with with the dungeons because like with Mabinogi they had like the randomized dungeons. But the way they generated those um, those dungeons was the the way uh, was um, you offered up an item, and depending on how rare the item was, the 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 difficulty of the dungeon would. Uh, therein get would be harder. So, yeah, it so would it would change. Yeah, they had something like that uh, similar in uh, 
uh, Aldolin too. The um, skirmishes were a bit different. Like they, they, the the different items that you use to compose your pop item right. would uh, it would change the uh, encounter and it would change the layout. That would actually... So it's something that they, that Square Enix has been playing around with in development now for a couple of years, and I hope something that they, that they've really kind of found a good process on for fourteen. If they looked into something like that, that uh, that 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 Mal said, where we have to go out and find certain items, maybe influence the type of monsters or the type of environment that's that's in, maybe not in in uh, the Palace of the Dead, but going forward, sure, that would be an excellent way to get people to go back into older content. You know, make it so that certain items maybe only drop from fates or random monsters in certain zones. Or if you want to have a chance at some type of like major rare item, you have to get something that drops from like Final Coil or, you know, uh, one of the Final Alexanders when we get to that. That would be the best fucking incentive for sending us all over the fucking world. One of, I think, the big oversights of uh, of, uh, uh, Diadem was that they didn't connect it to anything. The overworld uh, as much possible as, way. No, they they did a little bit by having the relic items that you needed to gather out of there. Oh, like you, the, the crafters, the, yeah, the crafting ones that you could only gather them out of Diadem. That was you know that was pretty much literally the only thing that wrapped back around into the overworld. I'm 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 pretty stalwart in my theory that crafters and Diadem don't actually exist, and those high quality items just randomly materialize on the auction house. That <laughs> that's what I think personally. They yeah. come from retainers. Um, uh, the thing- other thing that I hope that they add in here that we see is the return of real dire mites not those big scorpion things but like the creepy you know ones from ff11 yeah, with like the eight legs and they could be like what if they were being ridden by like those those gremlin things right and they had like little spears they threw at you too that'd be cool <laughs> what kind of noise would they make <laughs> that's that's the gremlins I yeah the dire mites really one. made noise in 11 did they the dire mites would make like a terrifying oh you know oh, no. No, they would they would shriek when yes, you kill them just like ca- just like camel spiders Oh, ow, okay, like stop. camel spiders. Yeah. 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 Terrifying. One thing to Malkyria's point about uh, the dynamics not causing for speed runs, like sure. But at the same time, once people start understanding what the objectives are, there will be optimal ways to explore a floor or to handle certain objectives. Like, but that's, oh, but that, it'll that, change from it run creates, to run. It creates a much more complicated meta. Yes. Hold absolutely. on. Hold on. I just got a great idea. Square Enix, put this in. So you zone into a floor. The objective is randomly generated, right? There should be chests that when you open them, there's a chance they can buff you in some way or cause some type of detriment. And the best one would be randomly changes your objective. Oh. <laughs> I like that. I do like that. That's a good idea. But that might have to completely change the floor layout depending on what objective is. That's true cuz some floor Because like, if you were a nice woman, remember when they had the lamps or whatever, like if they if you were on a if you were on a lamp floor and then they just changed it to a different thing, they would, Better like, yet, they would no. have to change the whole floor. Better yet, light lamp flo- light four lamps. You get three of them. Oh, I found a chest, guys. Hits it. Scrambles it. Light five lamps. <laughs> Damn. Oh, and they're all different. Where's the fifth lamp? Yeah, yeah. No, you have to relight all of them, Escalia. Oh, great. <laughs> Uh, it's in a certain order too. So. Thank, thank you for the call, Melkiria. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five. What are you looking forward to most about the Palace of the Dead? Uh, we want to hear from you. Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five. Juxta, what do you? Well, how do you feel about this? Uh, yeah, you've been really quiet, and you're not even hitting drops. Bro. I know, dude. What's, What's going, going on, on over there? You all right? Just the stat because Nika stole his thunder. No, not really. Oh. Uh, but aside from that, uh, I really hope that 
like uh, I think what Nika said is that they really have to make sure that the the point of this has is like really good. Like they have to have a good uh, incentive to do a re- this. good reward. Yeah, yeah because the, the gear either the gear like like the thing is is I, I mean I know that we we're praising its uh, independent leveling system and starting us all from one, and I think that that is a good idea. But I I really sincerely hope that the rewards from this aren't just rewards for for this for this right yeah because it can't it can't, it can't it's be self-contained be right yeah it's got to be why usable a lot of people don't pvp because the rewards are self-contained exactly yeah and or i think non-existent and i think that 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 was kind of a misstep with pvp in terms of engaging and activating the community at large i i think that they would have a really good opportunity to keep it to get people in and keep them there and keep them grinding if they roll out this system properly and uh, i'm totally cool with there being something that takes like months to get from doing this mm-hmm. as long as the system is continually fun doesn't get boring and they have a good reward at the end of the grind then fuck i'll do it forever yeah i kind of have a prediction uh this is coming in 3.35 so right. this is probably going to be oh. the catch-up uh mechanic so this is how everyone's gonna get to oh. item level like 220 oh. right and then Probably after that, after you mean like, two forty, like yeah, two, yeah, two, two, I think two forty. Uh, well, two forty at that point, if we, yeah, okay, we would be catching then. up because they would have already put out the next. Yeah, then this is gonna be like uh, basically the diadem. Yeah, for this uh, this three point three, so it's gonna be like item uh, yeah. item level two forty, and then after three point four comes out and the item level gets boosted, I think it's probably gonna be dead content. See, no, I w- okay, don't don't rain on our parade jugs, the goddammit. <laughs> hope that the catch-up patch actually sees diadem getting an extra area with the 240 gear and that the deep dungeon is a completely separate concept i agree i hope that that's the case i, I hope don't as well i'm not holding my breath though yeah. uh, see the thing is is that what and what makes me really nervous is that they have not made one mention at all about yeah. diadem but yeah. the other thing you have to keep in mind too this is slated for patch 3.35 right right what's coming in 3.3 well we'll so find we'll out, out the live letter we're we're going to find out on uh, on the 29th, and I think that this will be a really important live letter to pay attention to because, yeah, we need to know whether or not they're going to make good on their promise to go back and readjust Diadem or expand on this. Because they, they said they said something very similar to what they said about Deep Dungeon, that they would continue expanding on the system in time, and it's been one patch cycle. They haven't. They've let it drop for a patch cycle. It'll be very interesting to see if they pick it back up. So, I and, and that's the thing. I, I hope that they do because that's a that's a, that's a variant of content that that you can do uh, you know but to get uh, to get you know current gear uh, between Diadem Deep Dungeon and uh, Tomes and Raids that's now four that would be four potential outputs uh, uh, you know for for gear and I think that one of the things that we've been saying for a long time is like put more gear output in mm-hmm. you know like different activities that you can do that will give us uh, side grades, you know, that will give us, uh, you know, more options in terms of customizing our gear, um, you know, that we'll have we'll see some uh, horizontal progression instead of just vertical progression. So uh, I think that those are all things that uh, that that are possible um, that I'm hopeful for. Uh, but, uh, dude, I do understand your apprehension uh, because, yeah, if they don't if they don't go back and do anything meaningful with Diadem, I'm afraid that they're never going to do anything with it again and that's going to end up being dead content the uh you know what i probably think is going to happen is that when they said they're going to like 
update it. I bet they're... It wouldn't surprise me if their version of updating it is in the next expansion, adding a diadem-like zone for Alamigo. What would be even worse is that every time they update it, if they just raise the item level and stat levels and nothing else changes. Ugh. Yeah. Now, there is... Hold on, guys. There is one very tiny silver lining if Diadem just ends up being garbage forever. What's that? Skuro will be so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not wrong. He goes there all by himself. I see him every once in a while and he's just like probably in there masturbating (laughs) to like the Brachiosaurus or something like that because he's fucking weird. Uh, Anyway, uh, so what do you think would be an appropriate reward out of this system? Um, I would say materia that changes certain <laughs> things and gives you certain traits for your job. Great, I, we've said that since Diadem talks. I don't think they're going there yet. No, they're not. I know they're if, not, if they're, but I'm just saying going there, that would be worth it. 4.0. That would be worth it. Um, I think that as long as it outputs gear that is competitive with whatever you can get out of tomes tome grinding then that's fine if this is an alternate to tome grinding that's awesome yes Mm -hmm. i think because yeah that that i think would be a fair reward Uh, you know just different stat allocations on them i mean you know like that's the thing is that i i i I really struggle to understand why we have a binary uh progression system between tome you know tome gear and raid gear and why we can't mix that up with throwing more in the mix just by changing the stat allocations on it and it doesn't have to be as drastic as diadem did it by giving you sometimes five stats but just between the four stats that you get just change the allocation between our, our next relic progression is that dropping with 3.0 or or, or, or sorry with 3.3 or 3.3 they said it was 3.3 3.3 right? yeah okay so I can say what would be cool for because because the next one we're supposedly supposed to be able to uh, adjust stats on it right is if certain materials within Palace of the Dead dropped that those you had to gather for certain stats you know like like Ooh, and the best ones were on the highest you know course. like red gems were like you know uh, uh, determination blue gems were this this and that and like a rare white gem right. that could be anything or see something. I I you, I I don't think like I I think as long as relevant gear like I, I again I'm gonna go back and cite the way that Nizul Isle did it because I think that they did a really really creative job with it by having gear output that came in intervals of 20 right yeah. you had the saves at every five floors and then you had your gear confrontation every 20 floors and that meant that depending on whatever slot you wanted to fill with gear whatever you were hunting for yourself that you had to either go in hunting floor 20 floor right, 40 right, right. floor 50 floor 60 so it wasn't like it wasn't like the higher you went the more challenging it got but you were hunting it, it, it was always challenging like there wasn't a point where Nizul wasn't challenging depending was on what you want just depending on the area you went hunting exactly in. I think that that would be another way to organize that content something too. else that Nizul did well that I don't think FF11 appreciate as, appreciate as much but we could is whenever you killed a notorious monster they had a chance that they could drop whatever their drop was yes now with FF11 I think a lot of the times that ended up just 
probably going to the auction house. Sure. Right? The yeah. drop rate was so minuscule. It, it was, but I think what would be cool about uh, Palace of the Dead, which would add just another little like thing to it to make it a little bit more u- unique and a little bit more cool, is if there was a chance to get chests that could drop, you know, randomly, randomly statted stuff. So that way, even if people sure. aren't still doing it for their progression or they've gotten to the top or whatever, this also still keeps you coming in, maybe trying to get some awesome drop like that. Absolutely. And, I, and it's not like it's going to steal any of the Deodem's thunder right now. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it would depend on what they would, uh, if they adjust it and how they adjust well, in it. The future, so. In the future, yes. Yeah, so, uh, but it, but the thing is, the thing about Deodem is that that's all random. There, the, the, and that's been one of the big criticisms mm-hmm. is that there's a little bit of chaos. You can kind of control, uh, you, you know, you, the attribution and, and popping and, you know, being able to uh, throw as much DPS and getting that, that attribution for the kill. There's a, you have a little bit of, uh, of, uh, of a degree of control on that, but then you have no degree on control uh, of control of uh, what the stats are of the items. So if they kept Diadem doing that and they took Palace of the Dead and said, well, this is a way that you can guarantee yourself a five stat drop, mm-hmm. then there you go. That has its own incentive built in and you're not killing uh, you're not killing your incentive for rating either. Right. So, um, you know, that's that's going to be the thing is, you know, how do you balance this with still having the proper incentive to raid? Uh, and uh, I mean, I don't know. That's it's a tough question. It's going to take some, you know, it's going to take a lot of thought on the uh, on the part of the devs and you know obviously this conversation is nothing but speculation um, but it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing uh, again if you want to call the show Limit Break Radio on Skype 810-515-8715 you can also join in on Discord at LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord and that's where our fr- uh, next caller is uh, calling in on Alteran Polar of Genova calling in on Discord what's going on oh, Alteran not much just hanging out right on thanks for calling limit break radio so uh what do you want to talk about today uh it kind of echoes like a lot of what you guys are already saying about this deep dungeon like I, I watched the stream from pax and i was like that sounds really cool but at the same time i just thought of like diadem where it's like most of that stuff it just kind of stays there or yes. even like the gold saucer is completely self-contained everything yeah. stays in the gold saucer right right and they're like it's going to be its own independent progression and you have to get items in the dungeon to increase your stats or make it easier for you because your stuff out of the dungeon isn't going to be worth that much so i'm like are we taking anything out are those items even going to be worth taking out of the dungeon or are we just going to be stuck with it and that's it's completely separate that's a totally fair question and uh and a very valid concern and i think one that we all echo because yeah if the stuff is just blanket not usable in uh, you know in the overworld then what's the fucking point what's it the reason it to get to the final floor yeah it can't be yeah having a system that is entirely self-contained sound i mean it sounds like a good idea because you're like well only the players who really want to do that will participate in it and they'll be able to get rewards that they can use w- within the system but there has to be rewards that penetrate outside of the system as well there has to be because if you don't do that it kills the incentive for people like me who don't want to get to floor 100 just to see what the fuck is there i want to you know i want to do this to get some good loot so that i can you know pump out more damage with my uh, uh carve and spit you know what i mean like that's that's what i want to see um and and i I feel like Square Enix has really kind of in a, in a very 
uh, fearful way clinging on to the eye level system and and just not letting go and not opening up to any kind of like, you know, new new methods of stat allocation like we were talking about earlier or, uh, you know, allowing for progression beyond what is already available because they're concerned about the balancing of PVE events. And I think that that is a really, really shitty way to uh, to 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 kind of like keep keep us paced in the content well the, maybe the sh- senpai would notice you a little bit more if you carved and swallowed instead yeah. jeez <laughs> i've been holding that one for a while we've noticed boo so that was really bad this should actually then excite you that they're ignoring eye level in here yeah i mean yes and well, no i don't know if they're ignoring eye level when it says an independent progression system i just think what that means is you're all we're all going to start at the same level right and then as we progress you personally are going to keep your progression level so you don't have to go with the same people every single time well they time. did I just say, they say said, that eye level bonus is negligible yeah here. they they said that straight up eye level will not matter oh. it is it is straight up huh. negligible so but i wonder if that means like like how in was it nizel isle where you know they would lock your gear and you'd have to find cell to unlock certain like hand, your hand gears or right, whatever like i wonder if it means that or if it means like all together your your gear doesn't matter and it's strictly upgradable within it's the not, it sounds to itself. me like it means that it's negligible like if they say negligible that doesn't sound to me like you have to unlock it they would i think they would word that differently i yeah, yeah um, to me that says like yeah, either like kind of like how how gear once it's uh item level capped is a bit negligible uh, I think it's going to be similar in that way that we're just good. We're going to be synced to I level one. If we're in there as level one, we're going to be uh, uh, item level synced as well. But, but no, right. But then I wonder if, say, we get to level 60. I mean, is our gear then, even though we'll be synced to, to 60 or whatever, like, does that mean that, you know, the people who have the ESO gear or people that have the Savage gear your eye levels are going to be totally different. So I think they would have to still restrict that. Somehow. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I In think the first right. post I read about this, it, they made it sound like they wanted it to be someone who is level 60 with like really good gear could play just as easily with someone who's level 40. Who's not even level capped. Yet. Well, yeah. And that's, that's what they had said was the, was the point of the system. And that says to me, the eye level is going to be hard capped to whatever level you are. Yeah. What I think would be a good system for this is basically have all of your outside world gear just like be item level one for when you enter the dungeon. But as you go through the dungeon, you find chests that have uh, the pink gear, like ethereal stuff that will actually be that level. So then you have to like go, go um. around, find new gear, re-equip yourself while you're in the dungeon. And after the, you time out or whatever, then all that gear goes away. So to find your gear over and over and over again. That's interesting. I mean, it, it, and and not a bad idea either to have, uh, you know, gear that's that's relevant. But the system, when you're inside of it, treats it differently, treats that stat allocation differently. Yeah, so that way everyone's like on the same footing every time you go in. And if you want to actually progress, you have to treasure hunt. You have to like I, look for yeah. new items. Well, that, that, I mean, that work. I feel that's along the lines of what they did with uh salvage or whatever except it would be like you know if they dropped a body piece or a hand piece and you have to decide like okay which healer gets this hand piece like right and so you know they're like half naked running through which is more or less the same as like unlocking the gear however just you know capped eye level yeah it's just Four a different, healers, different approach monks, let's go it's just a different Although i kind of would like it if you know how they i mean they literally said eye level is negligible i like i honestly hope that if it does like a system like juxta said that there's literally just no eye level on it it's just its own gear to help you progress and the eye level doesn't fucking matter like there's no eye level it's just gear for that. 
I just I, I really just want whatever the gear is that you get out of it to still be relevant when you get out of the Something system. Something has yeah. to be, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like the rewards is relevant, but the actual stuff you use to progress within the actual system, like when you're actually in the dungeon, that stuff should just like be self-contained. Absolutely. And I think that's what Ultron was getting at, too. Was, was Is that right, Ultron? Do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. If you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. Uh, we'd love to hear what your thoughts on uh, Deep Dungeon, a.k.a. the uh, Municipality of the Dead. Uh, what do you? Uh, what are your thoughts? What do you hope the system is going to be? What kind of rewards do you want to see out of it? Do the rewards even matter? Do the rewards even matter? Like, I I mean, because we've been saying that they do. Maybe you don't agree. Maybe you think that it can be an entirely self-contained system. Well, we want to hear from you. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. And a lot of people, again, uh, aptly pointing out the the similarities between this and Nizul Isle and Salvage. And I think that that's overall good because I I think that that's the sort of content that, that we've been... At least we in this room have been asking for. And I think that at least portions of the community at large have been asking for. But, you know, one of the other conversations that I've seen come out of this is like, why do we want to go back to 11 content? This is FF14. Why is this something that's even remotely desired? I don't think it'll be the same. No, it's definitely not going to be the same. But like we can see the influence already, even just hearing the description of the system. Obviously, there were things from 11 uh, uh, in a design aspect that... That people liked, you know, so it's not like just going back to something that that, that pulls a little bit of inspiration from it means we're going back right. to 11 and standing around in fucking king zones all night long as much as Nika fucking wants to. Right. Well, oh, I'm not, yes. not going to say I want Nizel Isle. I just want a dynamic event, something that changes yes. every time I go in. That is like the it's the underlying concept that we're looking for. Besides, they've already done Einherjar like 18 times at this point. <laughs> Oh my god! It's it's Ein Harrier. Ein Harrier. It is Ein Harrier. It's Ein Harrier. It's Ein Harrier. So fucking hard that <laughs> loot drops from the sky. Ein Jar Jar is a Sith. No, that too. Well, only in Skrulls. Only in Skrulls. Only in Skrulls. Uh, so uh, yeah, but no, I, I I think that the comparisons to both of those systems are fair. But uh, you know, as I said, the the other conversation coming out of that is like, why do why would we even want content like this? And uh, because it's new and it's and different, fun. and and it was something that everyone thought was fun. I don't know. I think that there might have been people that didn't enjoy Nice Well, they can fuck 11. off. Well, I mean, there probably were, but that was I think it was a minority, and I think it was probably people who didn't have a good group in general. If, I think that the overall consensus was that it was good. If they were people who didn't like who just flat out hated the ideas of Nice Isle and Salvage, good. Go do every other event in this game. Yeah, pretty much. Uh I I mean, it's I, I don't know. Like I I think that this is I like I liked the FF11 uh, presentation of content overall, and I think that, yeah, that game did things very well, and it motivated me in ways that FF14 doesn't. Yes. And so when I try to compare FF11 and FF14, I look at what types of things and what types of situations motivated me the most to get 
more out of my playtime because I felt I, I still feel like in my heart that uh, as small you, as it is that that I do you know that I did I was more motivated by 11 that I did get more enjoyment out of 11 and so you know in some ways I seek to recreate that in I, 14 motivation and, I, and enjoyment do not go hand in hand I would like to point out yeah, not they, always they not always but it, it was it was like it, it's sort of the same enjoyment that I get now because I've been able to appreciate it and, and come to a place where I enjoy the game out of Dark Souls 3. I, th- I think what they need to do or, or what they're doing currently because you know when Deedem was first coming out we were praising it in the same way that we're praising uh, Palace of the Dead right now but even though it had somewhat of this randomized dynamic to it there were other aspects of it that fell short and that was the incentivization right so the problem is is they can't just look at one thing from 11 and be like oh people love this so let's redo it you know it's 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 the same thing as fucking warner brothers looking at being like oh deadpool is rated r and did awesome let's make everything else rated r like that's not why it did good you know you have to look at all the aspects of it right if they take a new cool dynamic system like this and put it in and it's completely self-contained with no rewards you're right the did is going to happen all over again. Why sure. do why do we want to fucking do it, right? So you have to look at the multiple aspects of it and make sure that it has enough to draw people in. Yep. They have to be able to enjoy what they're doing, but they also have to walk away from it and have something tangible to be like I made progress today. Right. Well, I mean, if you look at Nizwell, you got your you got your piece of gear every 20 levels, you could uh, do the boss fight to get a piece of gear, and when you got to floor 100, you got the runic key which would let you get your new weapon skill. So those were both major things both to encourage you to climb and to farm so you brought people back to it for different reasons can they deliver on something like that in 14 i think they can because they've done it before and that's the thing is that you know when we say you know look to 11 i don't think that anyone you're right like you uh kahlo you you know you had joked on nika for uh you know wanting to sit around camp and ground kings but i don't think that that's the type of content that anyone is asking for nika is no, I'm absolutely not. Get away. Go away. Will you stop asking for that kind of content, please? But but the thing but the thing is is that there were a lot of very valid things that FF11 brought to the table that people liked, and this is one of them. Nizul and Salvage was probably two of the most celebrated pieces of content that weren't just zones that you go into to get high level rewards out of. Sky C, those were uh, high level zones that you just got rewards out of by fighting hard monsters uh, i feel like i'm just so jaded when i think back on motivation from 11 maybe that's part of my problem with my like blindfold right now like i feel so much more enjoyment and fun coming from 14 simply because my motivation for playing 11 was if i don't show up i lose dkp like well, that was my motivation and i'm like i i hate this i hate every like, that, that was but that you that was self that was sort of self-imposed by yeah what do you expect by the compute by the community and that's the only reason like i did ground kings i was like well i'm online and if, if there's yeah, but a ground you had king a ch- i'm not allowed to do anything else you had a choice though you had a choice whether or not to do that because you could you just know, choose to I, well, d- not I would kick from the link show. you know what nika there is a email we're going to read later in the show that is so relevant to this point right now okay <laughs> yeah but it, it, it i mean it, that's that's on you like it's on you you could have found another group yeah. you could have made another group i mean yep. there were a bunch of different actions that you could have taken being put in that situation that, that you didn't 11 like. is that because it was also competitive like you can't really make another group when there's like five in-game link shells who all bought for the kings like you cannot make another well, group. you know you just- what you know what this is it's your comeuppance nika <laughs> this is what you get for cheesing a world first by logging out during pandemonium oh my Morgan. god <laughs> Long. But, I mean, but to be fair, Nika, every time we go back and play 11, you seem to have fun. 
Because we're just doing the story. The story of Eleven is one of my favorite things. This like, email. I, I would never go through and do like some of that, whatever that. Con- I don't even but know. That, but that's, Maybe that's, you were playing wrong then. But Nika. that's exactly my point, Nika. Is that I when when we talk about FF Eleven, we don't have those types of memories. We don't have because we didn't put that kind of expectation yeah, on ourselves. We just that's played for I fun. I was just jaded about the whole thing. Like, yeah. I admit that fully. You played it wrong, Nika. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I don't think I played it wrong. It's just that in the long run, I look back now and realize how much time I wasted. And I look at the game I play now and I see how much more I get out of it. Juxtap- which does is where I hope they don't like fuck up going forward. Does, yeah, does but that I sound spend, like she's playing it wrong? But I spend so much less time on yeah. FF14 than I did on Eleven. And, and, still I, get and I and I reward, which is awesome. Well, but I, and I look forward to it less. Like I, I uh, there are sometimes when I log into fourteen and I'm like, "Fuck this!" Like it feels like a chore. Yeah. Sometimes last night after I did Beastman Daily, like I wanted to play more, but I'm just like, eh. Yeah, there's nothing to do. Ex- right now. Exactly, exactly. Because no, you're even saying that that's a bad thing. Because you, when I log on, like when I go home and log on today, do the exact same things. I'm excited about it. R- but the thing is, is I never had that reaction to eleven. Eleven, it was like okay. I would constantly be thinking about eleven okay, throughout my hold day. On. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Even when it was, you want to say hold on again? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> even when it hold was on. time to hold log on. in, hold on, hold on, hold on, and look for party as a level fifty-five dark for another three consecutive hours. <laughs> No, but you were looking forward to that. See, I think part of it had to do with one, we were younger. Um, two, it was most of our like first in-depth MMO. Most of us, not all of us, and that it, it offered something different than other video games that we played. Now we have a lot more life experience. We have a lot more um, MMO experience, and we have a lot more going on in our personal lives. And it changes the way we look at an MMO. I don't know. There is something in. T- I, th- see, that's the thing is, I, I I can't I can't put my finger on it. I've thought a lot of. Uh, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. Too. And there's just there's no one thing that defines it. it it's right. just that FF11 had some kind of quality about it that made me much more engaged and immersed in the world. I and, didn't have to do with and it's something now. And I well, and it might be. I feel like say say 14 was the game that was first, and then 11 came out now with us like being uh, older and being whatever. I just think it wouldn't be the type of game we would play. Anymore. I don't think that's true. I I'm going to disagree as well. And now had 11 been a Nero's first game, I might. Have said it's the Magic Gear first MMO, but he played so many other MMOs beforehand that that I think he kind of debunks that theory. I and, and thinking about it, I'm not really sure that that I can even put a finger on it uh, uh, either. I think it's just the 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 type of investment that you had to make for FF11. I think you just poured more of yourself into yeah. it. And you know what? Going from FF11 to WoW now to FF14, it's probably that idea. It's that idea that those investments are invalidated after so long that, like, at this point, if you were still playing 11, when you quit 11, like, you're losing 11 years or 12 years, however long it was out, worth of progress, mm-hmm. right? Whereas if if we were to quit uh, 14 right now, we would just be losing the progress we've made since the last patch because before that was already lost. Oh, shit. Actually, that's a great fucking that point. That is a good point. That's a really, really good point. I no, never you, thought okay, of it know, like that. You know that is a good point. Like, when I think about it, like, I remember, do you remember when the whole, like, salvage dupe happened and, like, yeah. so many people got banned? Like, yep. I was thinking, Devastated. thinking the Lord that may possibly exist that my Link Shell had never heard of that because I'm like, you know, if my Link Shell had heard of that, I would have been roped into doing it and I would have done it and my character would be gone. I, I remember sitting and thinking, like, I would quit the game. I would not. I would not start again. Well, like, first of all, you wouldn't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. You can make a new character or whatever and start over. Yeah. But Imagine like, I was starting like, over in why, 11 right I would now. Never, 
I was trying to think of like, oh my God, I've done C, I've done, you know, I've, yes. I've done Limbus, I've done yep. all these things. Like, I, I, I can't do that again. I Mom, just got I, my end boots. I, I mean, I, I did get those. And I remember thinking like, fuck, like, I'm so glad that never happened. But when I think about 14, like, I would be devastated, but it wouldn't be as hard to catch back up. You'd be up. caught it, back up in three months. And not even that, but I mean, like, if you just decided that you were done with the game and you didn't want to play because you were bored with it, and then you stepped back in, like, not, you know, not even, like, stepping back into where your character was right now, you would only have the content between 3.25 and wherever you pick the game back up to cover. Like, Kahlo's exactly right. You lose a character in FF11, you lose all of that kind of the those milestones that you get uh completing cop complete because you because that gave you access to things that other characters didn't you only lose a patch in 14 absolutely yeah that's that is a i never thought of it that way that is a that is a very very good point the kazam keys oh airship pass exactly limit break quest dude exactly yeah like you did you lost a lot of legitimate character progress that you don't, Ichi. you would oh. never, you would never feel. You turn would ne- in five hundred Yagodo bean necklaces. Yeah, you would never feel that on fourteen. And and I don't know, like that's to me, like but to be fair, a lot of that is just because the grind was so long, and we know that in nowadays day and age, nobody likes those grinds for every single reward. Well, it, so I think fourteen's trying to find that balance where there's enough reward without the feeling that like the only way to accomplish something is by grinding for three months. Well, that, I mean that's fair, I'm, but I remember looking for every possible spare moment to play eleven because yes. I knew that the stuff I was going to get done was going to matter forever. Yeah. Whereas in this, I'm like, okay, well, I could finish this patch. Or I could wait a patch, do other stuff, and then catch up immediately anyway. Yes, yes. Even even if they did have big grindy things, Nika, so that it felt like an accomplishment, the next patch that accomplishment is gone. It's eased. The yeah. the, the requirements for that is and, eased. And, yeah. and people can say stuff like, "Oh, but well, but 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 you did it, you know, before it was. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because it doesn't. It doesn't it really, yeah, actually yeah. matter to you now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at people in eleven today. All of them still keep their their god gear or their scorpion harness or their noble's tunic. All those pieces of gear that aren't useful anymore. No one got rid of them. They right. still hang on to because they like they spent forever getting those and they meant something for a very long time in the game. If nothing else, you throw it on your mannequin. Yeah. I don't feel any attachment to a single piece of gear I own in fourteen. I don't either. Neither I do I. No. If, if I lost every piece of gear I own outside of what I was wearing right now, I wouldn't care. No. I. I. You're. You're absolutely right. I, and I feel like you know, like that's sort of the the types of motivations that Square Enix needs to be considering when designing new content for FF14. You know, like I. I mean, and I get that FF11 was built with an entirely different mindset in mind. Absolutely. Yeah, when you have a progressive eye level, it's very difficult to make that happen. But very you. True. I. But I think that we've identified ways where you can make it feel like there is a sense of progression beyond just the next two patches and that i think is something that is essential to the mmo genre and something that ff14 has not done well with and has overlooked so you know they they have an opportunity to correct some of the you know some of the mistakes that they've made uh with 4.0 and it's just going to be interesting to see if they've done if they end up doing that or if we just get another repetition and a recitation of yeah of what we've gotten the last two um, iterations. You know, you guys obviously make fun of me and Juxta for it, but I think the only connection to the game that we have that is anything like what we had in Final Fantasy XI is actually 
with our glamour because I have two uh, retainers that are full of nearly completed sets. Like that really is kind of my point of playing the game is completing all these glamour sets even if I don't actually wear or use all of them. There's some ugly fucking gear out there. Yeah. But the way I arrange it, it's five across, right? So I open up my retainers and there's a missing slot. I need to fill that fucking thing in and that's something that from patch to patch is always growing for me. You fill that hole. <laughs> you fill it. I'm gonna fill it. Hold on. And you're gonna help me. Uh, Whoa. Again, if you'd like to sound off on uh, any of these points, uh, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. Also available on Discord, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Uh, so that, I think, takes care of most of the Palace of the Dead info uh, and speculation that we have. And uh, I'd like I, to add one more thing. What's that? I really hope that when we're entering the Palace of the Dead, that there's just a bunch of dead dragoons and like corpses and stuff and skeletons with lances sitting outside the front of it and then we're like oh that's how they filled the endless dungeon they took all the dragoons. it makes deaths. sense yeah there you go it's there's just there's a net that collects them at the bottom oh of, god i'm gonna Titan. get down there and see like five versions of myself just waiting for me i hope level 100 of the dungeon of the dead we finally get the wyvern pet i, I hate you why do you say things like that <laughs> It's that would just be hilarious. To make me mad. That would be, I know it's be. just so to it make me mad. Every time you died inside the Tower of the Dead, it would your put another copy, of your, another copy of yourself. So by the time you get to 100, if you died like 80 times, there's just 80 of you. Oh, let's just put Dark Souls in FF14. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Well, sure. Steal from everything else. Why, Why not? not? Actually, I don't think I would mind that so much anymore. Um, any, okay, so there were also a whole bunch of other Q and A questions. That was only Very maybe about ones. 15 minutes of the uh, total presentation. And we just turned it into an hour. Yeah. Boom! And, uh, <laughs> which... Uh, That's what we do best. Look, guys, why, why are we so embarrassing as a community? Like... I was embarrassed listening to, to a lot of these questions. I was flat out embarrassed. No, because some of them, look, look, actual question, like some of these things I can be like, oh, all right, fine, right? But when it's things that we've been asking for this entire time. Oh my God, right? Like they know. They fucking know. Can we fly in all regions? Like Seriously? They've already, they've already or, answered that but they've, some of these, uh, they've answered it like five times. Some of these aren't even like questions. They're just begging. Please let us queue with chocobos out. And they've answered that one already too. And they've like, been answering and they've been answering that since 2.0. What were they just letting like they were were they trying to fill seats and asking people who've never played this game? You know what pissed me off the most though? This stupid please let us wink emote. Fucking why? Who sits there and looks at the front of their character as they're emoting? Just type slash em winks. There well, you fucking go. You don't actually need to see your person no, close their the fucking eye. Like, smile and grin your character does. Like I take selfies of my character smiling you know what nika then you're part of the fucking problem actually no there's a real okay me and Cern always take these really funny pictures where like i'm my character's like completely oblivious and his character has this like creeper like cr smirk and so he like stands with the camera but angle you know so what you can see his character smirking at my character and it's awesome you know okay? what Cern just does really that funny. for you okay and he's a good man for that all right but he's a smart guy if it wasn't for that he wouldn't want any of this either can we get, can exactly we get, your fault idiot can we get the odds on the person who asked that question being from balmung uh, oh, uh, I'm gonna say 100. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent, 100 percent. Is that you, Kooky? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll admit I it. Think it was me on my own. They want peaches in the game. Was cute. Okay, well, well, all right. Sorry, uh, I was at work when all this shit went down. So, so, and then I had a migraine last night. So I got bits and pieces of this. Can someone explain to me <laughs> the stupid fucking peaches the thing? The question oh, was: Jesus, we did have, you even try? We can gather apples. 
We can gather grapes. We can gather bananas. We can gather this, 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 and this. Why are there no peaches? Are you that fucking kidding me? Because nobody fucking cares about peaches. A Nero, yeah! a, a a Nero, Nero just walked, walked out. out, and now I want to walk out. No, the the, que- the way they answered it was was cute, though. They're like, well, peaches haven't been discovered in Eurasia yet, and maybe when we go to the next zone, they will discover some peaches. Great. Yeah! Great. So now they're going to waste development time on that instead of giving us more realistic fucking that's rain effects. I guess that's a good point, because in a lot, is it, was it, this game wasn't in 11 when people asked for a cheese sandwich, and they put it in the game. Like, that's a thing. Yay! I don't give a shit. They should be, be giving us real shit. Cheese sandwich did have the best flavor text in the entire the game. Serious questions that they're not going to answer anyway. So questions like that did not make me mad. No, but if they if we keep asking and pressing the serious questions, they will eventually get a response. The more you pressure about something, the more they realize, oh, this is more important than we oh, thought. Really? Oh, really? This is more important that than we, we thought. Same questions over and over that we already know. But so they're we're... stupid ones that they're not gonna do. No, no. But they I, are. No, work hold on, on hold on. That's a thing. We ha- we have an example of Kahlo's thing that he's saying right now gender locked gear we keep pressing them and now we are finally gonna unlock some of that gear yeah see that's perfect now if every person who had asked a gender lock question had instead asked a question about something serious and relevant we might have it by now <laughs> maybe maybe we would have had restructured raid incentive but no no now jux can be a fucking bunny man how, great how did no yeah. how did no one stand up and go uh can you please justify the addition of lords of verminion to ff14 uh, because that was a really wasted piece of content it's being done by zero percent of the community <laughs> I know, no, I we don't we, we do not to be clear and to be clear percent of the community and to be clear to be clear for Yoshi P, we don't want it to be revamped. We don't want it to be better. We don't want it to be changed. It's just, it's it's in, we don't necessarily need it to go away, but like, why did you guys feel like this was appropriate for yeah, the first there, patch? I probably would have asked like, well, why didn't you, why did you put this in the game rather than a mobile They did, you know, they did mention, I forgot to mention uh, towards the beginning, they did mention a new app uh, that for Verminion? Okay, no, no, not for Verminion. that if we would be able to chat outside of the game with link shells and stuff. Yeah. And they said that they were working on an app that has that feature as well as like being able to see the market boards and stuff. Market boards, check, that's check, cool. check your retainers, stuff like that. I think that that's a great, that's great. Actually, I think, is it World of Warcraft that has yes. an app like that already? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that'd be a cool app. That would be a cool uh, uh, addition. Oh, I know my uh, benefactor would love the shit out of that. They've, they've really got to, they've got to do something like that to be able to remain competitive because mm-hmm. every MMO that's going to be coming out from now until, from now on basically is going to have that feature built into it from day one. Mm-hmm. So they've got a bit of catch up uh, to do to uh, be able to uh, to to close that gap. My favorite question was when they asked about Doom Train. They're like, um, five maybe. Yeah, but, but well, they did kind of drop. They're like, well, maybe when we go to the Garlean Empire is when you'll see uh, Doom Train. So I think they're kind of hinting that like we're working our way towards that, and that the five expansion will. Probably we'll push, maybe yeah, push towards Garlemald. That would be cool. The Doom Train. That would, that would and be cool. the Doom Train will fly. I mean, it sounded of like it sounded it like a, a, a drop without them wanting to fully confirm. Yeah, it did. But it, like, I it mean, it does a, sound like that is the plan. Yeah, it did sound like a like a very kind of veiled hint there. We're gonna go liberate Alamigo. Yeah, and Doma in the next expansion. Then we're gonna go straight for Garlemald. Boom, boom. Uh, and uh, uh, please stop asking about the goddamn summoner pets. Please stop. Uh, 
asking questions. Please, for the love of God, stop asking this question. I cannot stand hearing the answer to this anymore. I'm sure that Yoshi P can't stand answering it anymore. Because the thing is, is that he understands enough English to understand certain things, especially the words that are the same in English and Japanese. So as soon as he heard Summoner Eggy, he puts his hands on his ears and turns around. It's like, yeah. Oh, God. It's brutal. Uh, yeah. He, and, and it's just like every time, like it, there were so many questions that he would hear and go, uh, you know, and he would have that kind like I've answered this a million times sort of response to it. And it's just like, uh, what the fuck, man? Maybe he'll learn not to take questions from random audiences. Right. Uh, you know, it does. Yeah. Like it does seem like maybe this, uh, this didn't go exactly as planned. I don't I mean, they did. They had the last 15 minutes uh, devoted to Palace of the Dead. So, um, you know, they did that. They did that properly. So uh, let's see uh, that I think covers most of the significant questions from the PAX Q&A. Uh, again, I think that the, that the Palace of the Dead stuff is uh, really, really promising and uh, really, really exciting. Uh, I know I said that about the diadem, and that hasn't panned out. But, I mean, there is a possibility that we could end up seeing a, a return to the diadem in this next patch. And if we do, I mean, I think that, that that really does bode pretty well for the future of content development for this game. And to be fair, before we knew anything about Diadem, just the fact that it was going to be new and different, that was exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, we're going to talk to Lee Fawn of Hyperion. Lee, how's it going, man? Uh, pretty good. Thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. So uh, what do you want to talk about? Nothing? Okay. Well, the no, chat's no. calling for Peach Eggy, so is that what you're here to talk about? Peach Eggy, please. Uh, oh, yeah, totally, please man. Like, <laughs> all right, all right, Lee, Lee, look. This is your first time calling in the show, so I'm going to warn you right here. It's not his first but, time. Oh, it isn't? Oh, it's like oh, well, then you know what? You, you should, there shouldn't be any excuse, but you know that Nero has an itchy drop finger when it comes to calls, so you better watch who you agree with and what kind of misconceptions you spread. All right? I like that mute button a lot. Anyway, uh, so, so Lee, what do you want to talk about, man? All right, so I'm curious if you guys have tried looking at the lyrics for uh, Sephiroth's Phase 2 at all. Uh, something about when worlds collide? <laughs> oh, yeah, that I heard about uh, No, no, uh, actually, we, I don't Not I in haven't. depth, no. I no. think it's like a song about learning how to spell his name. <laughs> Is that correct? That would be Sephiroth. Uh, well, you guys remember last time I was here, I talked about how Heidelin may be the wrong person we're following because, you know, the dissonance between what we've been told and whatnot. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, a couple weeks back, after watching End of Evangelion, me and my friends ended up staying up to like 3 a.m. talking about these lyrics, because there's a lot you can draw from it. So standard weeaboo things. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, Was that your first, first time off, having uh, watched End of Ava, first of all? I, did, I don't think I finished it. Good. That's the right response. <laughs> All right, so uh, so tell us uh, tell us what, what what do you theorize from the from the lyrics? We're, we're, what do you think? Well, well, first off, I think Sephiroth's trying to warn us because I'm on the side that believes Alligans also had their very own Warriors of Light, and the fact that they're gone means something happened to them. And I think Sephiroth's trying to warn us and telling us to just leave. Warning us with giant fists in our well, face. Well, uh, because one of the things you have to remember too is, um, uh, I believe that there, there's a text somewhere that explains that Sephiroth originally was uh, some form of like like life tree 
in 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 the world, and it was the uh, the the prayers or whatever the fuck. Well, it is. there were tree beings that existed. Uh, uh, right. In- well, somewhere it actually talks about the different like prayers and, and and whatnot of the people that worshipped him are what basically gave him life. Well, yeah, that's the well, that's, that's true. Are. Yeah, that's true yeah. of any primal. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so obviously he he was here from like the very very beginning, and I think where you might be going with this is the idea that at a certain point, because we know that Heidelin is dying or fading or, or or something, that maybe she's pushing us to do all of these things so that we gather enough energy to where she can what like feast on us or maybe sustain herself with our essence or something. What? What, what are you talking? Where did you get that? Heidelin's playing the long con. Well, what the literal he, fuck are you talking about? He mentioned he mentioned that that the Elegons probably had their own versions of the Warrior Light, right, Lee? Yeah, but um, let me point out the lyrics I'm talking about okay. here. Necessity is an inventive mother, promising sanctum that she cannot provide, which is talking about Heidelin and our blessing of light. She's the hand that rocks the cradle, the wind that breaks the bow, and leaves you to die. Jeez. So I'm thinking. Yeah, so I'm thinking once she's done with us, she's quite literally just going to let something kill us off. No. Oh, come oh, on. Oh, you're saying that maybe this has happened in the past with the Allegans and that the, the uh. previous Warriors of Light no longer exist, and that maybe the Calamity was even something that was intended to kill us off, and now we're like seeing the aftermath. And I love it. I, I love right. the idea well, that Heidelin is playing the long con, and she's going to kill all of I us. I was going to say, as, as, as a plot device, like as a writer, just the fact that she's like, all right, now you've served my purpose, just blah, I think that's lame. I think the idea, though, that because you said, you know, uh, somewhere in the lyrics, it's like Sephiroth is telling us to 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 run, right? To to leave. And it's not I mean, it's not like that point of view is completely unsupported either. We do have I mean, that is a bit supported by what Midgar Somer tells us about Heidelin when we confront him and he takes our gift he away. Us from her. Right. Yeah. So we've been we've been warned of Heidelin and her gifts from not just I mean from the Asians, which we can't really uh, call a reliable source, but we've now also got the dragons and the and what she did to Minfilia. I was gonna say you know you you're yeah. you're acting like my theory that, that she, you know she might use us to sustain us is so far fetched, but when we see Minfilia, she she basically says like I didn't have the energy to speak to you and by directing Minfilia to, to come to me or whatever now I do right she said I'm using Minfilia so that I can talk to you and then she's like but now I can't anymore goodbye poof we're all dead like she literally used her and she will possibly use the rest of us too it's an interesting theory definitely an interesting theory never something fun. that I really thought about well, but when you think that Heidelin is at the center of you know the, the, the life stream or whatever and anything that dies you know goes back into her and then is reborn again I mean if you think about I mean if you think about a lot of the uh, Final Fantasy narratives having a holy being or uh, you know a, a being that's uh, attached to some form of uh, religion or uh, you, you know um, ritual or anything like that uh, they generally are they they end up being the bad guy I mean think of like Seymour in 10 all hail you Yevon yeah exactly yeah the religion was the enemy in the end it, it, a lot of times religion ends up becoming you the know, enemy by the, the by the end of the game well yes as almost G-P all the time as, yeah. as some of those movies were there's the uh the spider-man quote too about living long enough to become a villain yeah well you're not i mean it there, there is wisdom in that mm-hmm. like that's the thing is that you know people that's why quotes like that resonate when they get out there is because people see they're like oh yeah the, you know you're kind of right. makes sense kind of right i like 
Oh, Mark, Marcus in the chat said that plot just we join the Garlands. Like, I feel like it'd more be like we team up with the Garlands to fight off Hydaelyn. I think that would be that would be interesting. Pretty crazy. I don't know. It Personally, would be a good. It would be a good way to get us into Garlemald. Right and and it wouldn't be the first time that Square Enix has has pulled a switch uh, uh, some or, or similar to this because in in Bravely Default the entire time you're restoring the crystals with your little fairy companion and what that's happen, right what happens at the end that's Spoilers. right yeah Spoilers. but I mean you do end up aligning with the crystal orthodoxy well, it, but it's just I mean this is examples of, of how the dynamic a lot of games where you do stuff yes. like that where you think you're doing what you know even in like Tales of the Abyss there you know I was thinking of like you go through and you free all these things like even in FF one doesn't it when you go and do all the crystals and then all of a sudden they're like oh well this actually released some yeah big, yeah i mean come force. on would you kindly think about what you're doing guys yeah and so then it's like oh well shit i didn't think of Seems that so i mean yeah. i feel like heidelin even though she's the goddess and she's what sustains the planet it doesn't necessarily mean that everything that she wants or is providing for us is what's not going to, to mention think about it since she is point. the planet what are we we're fucking parasites living off of her yeah i would so love to using see us to her own end oh I like come that. on i like that that's Seriously, a good that's a good how, narrative how much of a plot twist would it be that at the final like we get to like some big high point like this is the final calamity type thing right and we're thinking yeah you know highland's behind us we're finally gonna beat this and then at that point she's like peace out guys and just steps off or and you lose your echo you lose the gift and you're just like, oh. yeah we're meant to die right mm-hmm. for whatever reason in her grand scheme we still come out on top and now we turn our eyes towards dealing with Hyde well, then I think she would end up, yeah she would, I don't think she would end up stepping out she would end up battling us I feel like it would get to a point where she's like I was trying to control you and use you but the power of the echo was not what I thought it would be and you've bested me she's and this pulling is not, a Hansel and this Gretel. is not my vision of the planet so I'm here now to stop you and put my vision of the planet back in place she's pulling a Hansel and Gretel wants to get all nice and fat filled with light so that she can eat us up in the live stream <laughs> and then the Garleans show up to help us and we're just like well this is awkward <laughs> Possible, like we know that certain people have Oops. like the, the blessing of the goddess, but right. do we know exactly like why the echo exists or where it comes from. Like, Nail Van Darnus was this huge be, hero, and we killed him. We're dicks. It could be something like the echo was kind of like a um, like a blip in the system, and that it wasn't something that she had intended. And so the people with the echo are kind of like I don't want to say like divergent, but they're like outliers, right? And so they can't—they're not really fit into her grand plan. And so she's trying to use us and meld us as best as she can. But eventually, when we get to a point where she can't control us, she's gonna have to. Defeat Guys, us. I just got the coolest plot twist that Melky or the, that Melkyria came up with, right? So let's say we get to that big final thing. She steps away. We do actually lose, but then the people of Eorzea summon us back. The Warrior of Light Primal. The very thing that we've been defeating for her. Uh, I think I like that if it's the final story arc of the game. Because where do you go from there? Where do you go from there is Zodiac. (laughs) Defeat the darkness. Guys, Hydaelyn is light and light is good, so we all need to bask in her holy light and not say anything of this blast. You know what? With every... every She's speaking through you right now, Jackson. The thing is is, is that Square Enix has pulled so many goddamn punches on on narrative before that you know keeping the light dark dichotomy i think is something that they're going to maintain as long as they can to be fair from what we are seeing in the story right now they are beginning to explore some of the are we as good as we think we are narratives you're not wrong but if uh the whole you know debacle with the uh the sultana was any uh any indication it's like aha yes plot twist she is evil but she's not she was just doing it to trick you in zodiac but she's really good don't worry guys (laughs) 
motherfuckers. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Lee, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, interesting discussion there. If you'd like to join in on the discussion, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715 or LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord if you'd like to join us on Discord. So a uh, couple of things, just real quick before we uh, move into the FFFL here. Uh, I wanted to uh, to talk real quick about the... Um, uh, the AMA that went down uh, It said on the last episode uh, That I would be doing an AMA On Reddit on Monday uh, Followed through on that Got uh, something like 200 some odd comments I responded to a lot Of stuff in there um, And uh, you know I did exactly what I said I was going to do I tried to take it as seriously As I could and tried to give Genuine answers sometimes I got A bit smart assy I tried to Leave that shit at the door but the rest of us Didn't um, I'm sorry I didn't want this to be weird i just came here to talk about foreskin see here's the it's so i just wanted to go around the room and just kind of get your guys's thoughts on how the ama went because i know that all of you guys were kind of watching it as it was going and have read through a lot of the responses I, i'm curious if there's anything that i said or any of the other people had brought up uh, uh uh you know through that thread that uh that you found interesting or uh you know illuminating uh, uh one thing in particular i'll start off okay that, that I was at first really kind of upset about, and I had, I had a hard time, I don't know, meshing with it. But okay. I kind of was able to put a positive spin on it. The fuck is wrong with you? Do you don't like mozzarella sticks? Oh, yeah, there, it's a texture thing. It's like eating warmed up snot. Uh, what? No. Now, yeah. now, granted, the way I look at it is, if we ever go and get mozzarella sticks, it's more for me. Yeah, but that's you fine. You are a fucking weird it's human being. Gross. It's gross. It's 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 a consistency thing, dude. If snot tastes like that, I will eat my own boogers oh all my God, day stop, long. Stop! 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 <laughs> I enjoyed the guy. I enjoyed the guy who came around to you because you don't like pulp. Yeah, he I know. Like you know, you are you're an okay dude. <laughs> yeah, I like the cut of your jib. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think it was interesting that the majority, like, all right, so when when you get all up in arms and you say yeah. oh, i wish you get aids you know that invites a certain type of troll out here right sure but then when you sit down and get serious then i think and maybe trolls isn't the right words for them but you get a different type of person that finally comes out of the word work and those are the people that want to sit down and try and in rationally tell you why you're a terrible person yeah and you have two types of people or two two types of people that after you basically explain everything they're like Oh well, okay, cool. No, that that's fine. It's like I mean, you're aware of what you're doing, so hell, what the fuck. And there's other people that that uh, are like the uh, the guy who shall not be named, and they just keep talking in circles, talking in circles, with the same points over and over and over again. Right. And there's nothing you can do about them. Yeah. Flat out. Period. Nothing you can do about them. But yeah, uh, I thought it was interesting that the people who are doing the most trolling was me, Juxta, and Nika. <laughs> um, the per the the people who who told Nika that um uh. I, they can recommend a uh, woman's shelter, abuse shelter for her. <laughs> oh my right? god! And me and Juxta both replied with something like, "Don't worry, Nika's perfectly happy where she is. She doesn't need you to interfere or speak <laughs> for her." <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I have a lot more white nights than I realized. I'll throw that one out there. Yeah, you do. Even people who have literally listened to like two episodes felt the need to white night me, and I'm like, "Why do you feel that need?" I mean, now, then again, I want to call all y'all sexist. Like, seriously, you think you're not because you're defending me, but because you're calling me out when I don't need your help, and I perfectly said like nothing. And you've said bad you, about my relationship with any of these assholes that you still see? are like I'm hey. gonna save you because you're a girl. And Nika, I want that's that's kind of 
hurtful you know take oh, all his I'm, asses. I'm um the thing that the thing that offends me the most right is that everyone rushes to nika's defense when she can actually <laughs> hold her own she can and, and yeah. we don't actually really pick on her that much Compared to a Scalia who That's fucking gets though. it all the damn time about being transgendered and nobody cares. Where the fuck is Brianna Wu for you, man? It uh, is, I it, said mean things about her. I don't think she's going to do me any favors. <laughs> it there, is, was a, there was a couple people who did. Yeah, I did have some people come to my Oh, house. I didn't see any it, of those. It was a couple. There were people who were like, Nika and Scalia should leave and make their own show. There was yeah. quite a few people who said that. Well, I, I mean, that no one would listen to. I, much. I, I, I mean, I think that that point of view is, uh, is, is, is a little... <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a little bit, like, what are you expecting exactly? Like, I mean, it lo- just goes to show that th- this isn't their kind of humor. Like, they, they right. like us because we're, like, the nice, like, voices of reason or whatever. And, like, okay, maybe something we might talk about might be interesting. But, like, the whole point of our show is the different dynamic between all of us. And if it's just a lot of the same with just me and Escalia having kind of the same points of view, it wouldn't provide as much entertainment as we get from all of us. Yeah, so, it would be like watching so you guys as 11 stream. Find a different show. Jeez. Oh, and 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 like that's the thing is that like people think that we're being defensive or being obnoxious when we say find a different show or like but that's not the thing though, is that like there are like you gotta understand that it wasn't just it wasn't just like seeing in and I had made this analogy in the AMA but seeing the direction that other podcasts were going and saying like oh if they're going to be WCW we're going to be in we're going to be NWO mm-hmm. we were in a unique position to do a heel turn like that yes we were you know we had the 7 years worth of a, of an audience build up where we knew that when we came out and started doing stuff that would be more shocking and started making content that would be less widely acceptable for people that it would actually have an effect on our audience you can't if you're building your audience from zero and you're being super offensive then it you have to it, like it put it position it positions you in a way where you have to keep outdoing yourself and you yeah. have to keep going bigger and badder and and in a lot of in a lot of cases it works people into a corner where they have to be so shitty as human beings that they don't even recognize or like the person that that they are on the other side of that process mm-hmm. and no you know doing this for seven years we knew that we had you know uh, a certain audience expectation and that we were going to deviate from that and that was purposeful that was by design are, uh, from day one that was always always part of it and the thing that we've realized and that we've learned doing it that way is that the way that we produce the show now is a lot more fun and engaging for us as people and performers and that speaks volumes of the show in the long run i mean you know we can we can have a really well designed designed outline and have a lot of stuff to to talk about and go point by point through it but that's not why people listen to us that's not why people like the show we're a harvey dent that chose to become two-face right and 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 that's the thing is that you know like it's it's it is it is strategy it is marketing and it is entertainment like and and the people who seem to think that they were calling me out for that or that I didn't realize <laughs> right. or that I didn't realize that like that has been built into mm-hmm. the product yep. like that's part that's that's part of the whole idea uh-huh. and it's uh, like it's like when you say uh, you know find another show it, it's not us being offensive it's us saying we're not going to change you will save yourself a lot of headache by listening to someone else. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, we're going to go back to our phone lines. We got Cryogenesis of Diabolos hanging out on Discord with us. Cryogenesis, welcome to Limit Break Radio. 
How's it going, guys? Uh, very well. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the uh, Reddit yeah, AMA? I was just going to comment on um, how I was just really uh, grateful for you guys doing the AMA. Um, I know, like, there are times when the Reddit community and LBR just, like, bumping heads all the time. Oh, have there been and, times um, like that? I didn't know. Wait, no, what? A couple I, times? I must have missed something. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, we've just got to be really apologetic and tell them we didn't mean it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. I just, I'd never seen anything like that on um, the Reddit, and I just respected you guys a ton for doing it. Thank you. I, like, I left a comment and everything. Um, yeah, yep. I, I, I would and, like to... Uh, you know, uh, point out something uh, I noticed earlier when we first started the show um, crowd Genesis that you tried to do the LBR rump cock but it seems to be broken for you and I just want to let you know that in order to fix that <laughs> if you just hit that 499 subscribe button like it, it that'll it fix should, the problem yeah, it yeah. Work. It yeah I noticed yeah hit, and, and, and hit that refresh button too that'll, yeah, that'll sure just, refresh. yeah that'll 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 iron so, out all the problems uh, cryo, cryo let me ask you then how long have you been listening to LBR um I want to say for like half a year Okay, cool. So, so no, a new a newer listener. That's you're great. still somewhat of a newer listener. So yeah. do you? Yeah, do no, you, I'm uh, fairly new. Um, sorry, do, you, go ahead. do you think we're all assholes? I mean, we're all half an asshole, right? Yeah. Well, so that's, like but you're so okay. Nero might be a full asshole. You're supposed to. I think that's. I think that's the idea. Is that mm-hmm. we're you know we right. want you to walk away thinking that we're assholes, but we're fun assholes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, right. You know, I think one of the things that, you know, and I, I, I didn't really expect to talk about this, that I think surprised me the most uh, was asking, like, is somebody asked how I developed my sense of humor and where where this... Uh, why you pre- are the way you are. Basically. Yeah, why this particularly brutal sense of humor has come out in me and, and where that comes from. And uh, I, I think a big, big part of that is... Uh, and, 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 you know, I didn't I didn't realize it until I had started telling the story that when I was growing up, when I was a kid, I had this amazing ability to look at someone and dress them down and figure out all their insecurities and just dive right into it. And I had to develop that because I got a lot of shit from the kids I went to high, to, to, to middle school and high school with. It was a skill that I needed to develop so that when they would come and pick on me, I would have something to say back, right? Like I wouldn't totally puss out and and just end up walking away. That I had some kind of response. I'm, I'm not much of a fight. I can scrap. I can hold my own. I'm a bigger guy and I don't like to impose my size on other people. I think that that's really unfair. And so I was always taught, use your words, right? Use your from very, very young. Use your words, never your fists. Use your words. But the thing that I noticed was that the words that I chose would decimate people. It would it it would break them down to their absolute essence and it would hurt them. I would say things I would get into arguments with my friends. And I would know exactly what to say to tear them down and make them hurt in a way that I was feeling hurt. And And that's why none of them are around today. I, and the thing is, is I didn't like myself because of it. Like I went once I realized that I could do that, I actually started hating myself because of it. And I would not I would I would I started to limit the amount of friendships that I had because I was like, I don't want to let people 
get close to me if I'm going to end up hurting them. Mm-hmm. And what end, what I ended up doing was in uh, you know uh, my second or third year of high school, I found improv and I found comedy and I found a way that I could go on stage and be mean to people and have have it be funny. And that was the other thing is that I, when I was mean, it wasn't just like I was mean and I would be privately mean. I would be publicly mean where it's not just me that's tearing you down. I'm getting everyone over to my side and and they're 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 going to be pointing and laughing at you by the end of this and I, it was just it was a, it was a an ability that i had that i hated about myself and i and i felt like i really did hurt people and once i found improv i found like i i i had felt I felt like I had found a uh, a way, an outlet for that, a way that, that I could be funny and mean on stage and people wouldn't take it personally. They wouldn't end up wa- walking away, uh, y- you know, hurt or, or wouldn't end up affecting my relationships. And that was a really important thing for me to learn that there are spaces in which, th- you know, things are acceptable and other things are not. And that's why it works on this show and no one takes it serious. And when I say no one, I mean, I mean the hosts, right? Because when any one of right. us says something mean, we know that they're saying it from a place of love like we want people to laugh not that they're saying it from a place of hate where they're like I want you to be in pain right exactly exactly and so that makes you in a way open to a lot of different types of humor and uh, you know uh, Daniel Tosh is a great example of that you know if if Daniel Tosh can have a career right now if Doug Stanhope can have a career right now then you know what there is a lot of validity in a range of different presentations in terms of comedy and in terms of entertainment and just because the 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 pc thing the be nice to people thing is the in thing right now it doesn't mean that people are always going to devalue mean comedy the way that it is at the moment and the thing is is that i i'm not subject to like i don't subject myself to trends man like i and it's not it's not like a thing where i'm like oh fuck trends or whatever like it's just that's just my personality and so i do what i think is funny whether other people find it funny in mass or not and uh you know that's i think in terms of the compass for the show that's where we get a lot of the uh a lot of the direction so that was one of the questions that really uh opened me up and i i actually learned like it would that was something that i had forgotten about myself that that i learned through doing that ama so for no if for no other reason that's why i was thankful for it mm-hmm. um I, I know go ahead Craig. i know just like in general like humor is a huge subjective thing um, and when, you know, getting to know, like, you know, watching Tosh by now and like listening to LBR sh- uh, show, I, I like, I get reminded of the fact that there are other types of humor out there that maybe I don't necessarily understand, but I still think it's funny. Right. But then there's other people that just don't get that. No, no. no. They're like, people don't everything the is sacred. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's, <laughs> and that's the thing is that like, it, 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 it varies from person to person. And the, and, and the thing is, is when you find someone like this, there's always holes in their logic. They're like, oh, well, this is okay to joke about because I think that's funny, but this is not okay. It's to not joke okay about. for you to joke about a, Right, Nero, because you don't know people that have AIDS. Well, right. yeah, I actually do. Well, obviously they don't have it very bad then, because you wouldn't if you really <laughs> knew them. Right? Come on, man. I know. Right. I know Magic Johnson and uh, and uh, <laughs> who's who's the other guy? Uh, Charlie Sheen. There we go. Ah. I'm good friends with Magic Johnson and Charlie Sheen. They'll be fine. Don't worry about you it. You know, he'd have just stayed away from that tiger blood. I know, right? Like, if someone just why didn't anyone think to tell him like tiger blood you may want to just pick something else anyway thanks for the call uh uh cryo we really appreciate it uh and uh yeah thanks thanks for calling limit break radio have a good one man 
Yeah, you too. One thing that really struck me about the AMA uh, from you is if if you're an LBR fan, I would really recommend going through there because you're going to get a lot more behind the scenes and like pull the wool back kind of answers than I would have expected to see on there. Uh, Aniro, you really went like to the bottom level of Limit Break Radio and kind of talked about like how the show is programmed and developed. Yeah. Kind of like pulled the characters away completely. Absolutely. And that was that really surprised me. And it was it was a really fun read. Well, and and I think that a lot of, you know, there's there's shows that do you know that have presentations like ours that don't do that they don't give you they don't give you a peek behind the curtain they don't give you a chance to um you know understand the way that the show is conceptualized and programmed because they just don't talk about it they they uh they want the execution to speak for itself and i think that it's actually much more interesting to have the meta discussion about the way that we produce the show and that's i mean that's why i sat around and i was engaged with that ama for like seven solid hours is because people were asking me things about the show that i've never really had uh you know a chance to express or answer before and that i i genuinely i I genuinely really do enjoy um so thank you guys for for giving me the ability to do that thank you who uh reddit uh, and, and the Reddit mods specifically, uh, you know, we had Iane on uh, on the show in the past to talk about uh, the Reddit drama that had happened the first go round. Uh, we had set that AMA up through uh, Iane and uh, he was very, very uh, accommodating. And all of the Reddit mods were very and, nice and accommodating. And Iane, so. we are sorry if uh, uh, putting that AMA up for us in any way hurt your credibility. Uh, <laughs> there was like, I don't know, maybe 30 ish posts about it that were complaining about it. Like, why is this sticky? This is dumb. My favorite one was like, uh, why is this second rate 14 podcast on here? And I think Scroll replied, Google top FF14 podcast and see what comes up. I know, right? Uh, Anyway, let's go back to our phone lines. Uh, We've got uh, Joe Fails and Malky Thera out at PAX East live on location. Guys, how's it going? I love you, Joe. Yo, I love you too, Callow. (laughs) Hey, guys. Hey, Callow. Sorry, I couldn't get your signature. Is this... Does this work out? Yes, this is good. <laughs> Any, up, anyway, Joe, thanks for uh, for joining us. Melky also on the line as well, live from PAX East on location. Joe, the first thing I got to ask you about, man, Yoshi P on stage wearing the Do You Even PVP Bro t-shirt. I mean, this is you, that had to be a huge charge for you, not only that he's uh, up in front of an FF14 crowd and addressing the crowd, but also to everyone at home. I mean, that had to be a huge moment for you. Bro, I, I think I still have piss in my pants. I think it's insane that I'm not going to watch out. <laughs> oh. It's like, it's such an incredible moment. Not not just like, not just for me as like a caster, but like for me as a, uh, like a passionate member of this community. Yeah. And also as like a, a huge member of the PvP community, just to see the director of our game, like, like number one, like being involved with the stream, but also being involved with PvP. You know, Absolutely. See how how supportive he is of PVP right now to wear that shirt in a live in a public forum is close my mind, dude. Yeah, so it's just amazing moment, amazing moment. So cool and a uh, huge boost for you, for you and your channel as well. Uh, I mean, and and lends you a lot of credibility. I mean, uh, you know, to think that like you know this is the dude who was who was trolling Matt Hilton at the last fan fest. You would think that maybe they would take something like that personally, but no, they've it, they they've been incredibly communicative with you and uh, and obviously giving you a nice little bump on stage. That's pretty fucking awesome, man. It's just a, I'm just humbled by it, the whole thing, man. You know, like I just can't, I can't, 
for me personally, you know, where I was last year at Hackney, not partnered, you know, mm-hmm. coming up here, and, you know, like really with no place to stay and no ticket to Hackney to be here a year later as a, as a, a, a a bit of a force in the Final Fantasy fourteen demographic and, you know, as a as a Twitch partner this year, it's a whole different perspective for me and it's just it's I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. I'm like I'm never gonna mix a bad seat in my life. When ever. uh, uh no, when not. when we see y'all at FanFest next year, when we walk in, you know what we're gonna be saying? We're gonna be pointing to Joe and being like, I wanna be that guy. That's what I was saying. The, yes, I, that's what I said. Yeah, I was saying that last year when we didn't yeah. even know Joe very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, just He's like, just meeting him for the first like, time. I was like, I want to be more like Joe. Like everything Anira was even saying was like, you can tell just how much pure enthusiasm just Joe has for this game. Yeah, like he's like, I want to be that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, now you guys obviously out at the live Q and A session at PAX. Uh, what did you guys find most interesting that wasn't deep dungeon info? Well, the, the biggest thing, number one, was that uh, I love every chance that I get to see how Yoshi P interacts with this community. So for me, two huge points about Final Fantasy XIV. Number one, he wasn't scared to like really shy away from any question he was directly answered. Mm-hmm. They were asked some like pretty difficult questions, like the parry question for tanking. That's a really hard question to handle in a public forum with like no preparation for it. They You're were, right. Uh, they You're handled right. that pretty directly, which was which wasn't bad. Um, uh, I think that's something that a lot of people really want to know about. And also, uh, the information that they gave us with the app, I think that that's awesome. But yeah. for us, like for me and Malky, for us being here on the floor, one of the biggest things that you guys might not see at home is, and was Yoshi's involvement on the floor. Oh my God, yeah, you're right. Dude, on the floor at PAX, at the Square Enix booth, he hung out for like six hours straight. Wow. And Whoa. Ran, he ran, he ran separate with, with, with people. Yeah, he was playing, so cool. playing with people for like six hours, dude. And uh, you don't see that involvement from anybody, from a director, from a producer of any any Eastern video game. I don't think you see that anywhere. You know, he was taking pictures with fans. He was signing autographs. I got he's I got a fucking rock star. I got my tax badge. You know, like both of them. Dude, it's just see it's insane. Like, Nika and Nero. If you'd have been there, you might have actually met him. <laughs> oh, yeah, this fan fest we will. But seriously, but but seriously, yeah, no, there there was some, uh, there was definitely some good info uh, that uh, that was out there. They did handle the questions uh, very very well. Let's talk about Deep Dungeon, guys. Uh, this was, of course, the biggest uh, the biggest reveal out at uh, PAX, uh, getting uh, Palace of the Dead, and uh, yeah, what do you guys think of the uh, I- at least in the abstract about uh, uh, about Palace of the Dead? It, it was uh, it was actually probably one of the coolest things received by the crowd there to see like their reaction to wow what is this going to be how is this going to how is it going to play out what's it going to be like mm-hmm. um, it actually ended up doing a cool tone and the same with a similar thread is there was a thread on Reddit a couple weeks ago about a uh, tower uh, potentially a never ending tower I, I made a comment on it a couple weeks ago about something like this and to see that transition from uh, somebody talking about it or somebody talking about something similar to it to them actually implementing this this new instance in the game, it's going to be something that's going to be really fun for people who are looking for something different in the game, but also from a broadcasting standpoint, I'm going to have a fucking blast with this, dude. And this is, as I was team, with people, like with viewers, but also for me, like going around by myself, mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Now, I'm so excited the the I think the only concern that we've been uh, that that we've been able to uh, to raise here today to, when uh, when chewing on the the topic is that. 
we're concerned. At least some of us are concerned that uh, the gear or the rewards that you get out of Palace of the Dead will only influence uh, yeah. Palace of the Dead. That they'll be completely insular and not end up impacting the game. Uh, you know, the overworld, the game at large. Uh, you know, being able to use the rewards and apply them to raiding or you know just PVE content overall. What do you think about the uh, the the idea of having a completely self-contained system whose rewards are totally self-contained as well for for me personally i don't know i'm always speaking from my own personal opinion i i'm okay with all that stuff i rate for raid gear i pvp for pvp gear and if i'm going to be doing dungeon for dungeon gear that's fine with me i, I look at this in a similar vein as like old school savage and it's not going to be as difficult as that but if i'm going to go do it to complete it i'm going to try to do it to beat my friends i'm going to try to do it the best other dragoons and say, oh, I made it to level 60 of the dungeon. You guys only made it to level 40 by yourselves, you know? Like, yeah. That's why I'm going to go do that. A Nero go and Joe solo climb contest. Right out, dude. And, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, he says. I'm trying to explore something new in the game, you know? Like, that's, it's going to be constantly evolving, constantly random, so you're never going to get uh, the same similar dungeon anytime, so yeah. I think that by itself is unique. Does, uh, does Melky have any thoughts on uh, Deep Dungeon? Um, the first thing I heard when I saw, uh, the first thing I thought of when I saw that was basically, um, it was going to be like that video game was it Find of Isaac, where everything's random. Once you start, you start fresh. And that, for me at least, gives it immense replay value in comparison to, let's say, I don't know, Lords of Reminion, because it's Lords of Reminion now. And then, it's not Diadem because it's, there's only four people. So if, right. you, for example, with Diadem, if you throw like, that what was it, like 72 people, into one place, people are going to find out stuff pretty quickly, and then they get it down to a formula, and then the farming starts, and that's why everyone's over there killing fucking dinosaurs sure. 24-7. <laughs> but with Deep Dungeon, and it being randomized, and only with a small party, it's, it's it feels more like an adventure. Yeah, and you're not going to have to rely so much on, oh, Party Finder, I can't for anybody in Party Finder, nobody shows up on time, Nika. Finding three other people to do it with you should be pretty easy. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Well, that's the thing is that we actually have a group of four. And what I've been wanting is like, this doesn't seem like it's quite where we're going for, depending on how difficult it gets. But we want like raid tier content for four people. Because four people is so much easier to coordinate than now, me. Now, Nika, what if it what if it didn't necessarily start off that way, but as you gained levels and as you gained experience within the deep uh, dungeon system, that it ended up being that towards the higher levels? I mean, is that... No, that would be awesome as long as the reward is worth it. Right, right. Yeah, the reward being uh, being a pretty big, uh, pretty big question uh, mark. Question mark in there. Yeah. Uh, well, Joe Melky, we won't take up any more of your time. We really appreciate you uh, giving us a call here on the air uh, to Limit Break Radio and uh, giving us a live report on the floor over at uh, PAX East. Uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend, and uh, yeah, the, the congratulations. It must have been uh, hugely fun for you guys. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for letting us call in. And Callow, by the way, yeah. um, every, everything's good to go. Uh, we're on our way for fixing that little issue that you told me about. Excellent. Uh, so I'll let you know live. And uh, 
everybody enjoy the hell out of their weekend. Enjoy the rest of the break. Thank you, guys. We love you, Joe. All right, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Make sure you check out his uh, channel, twitch.tv slash Joe Never Fails. Of course, out at uh, PAX East 2016 with Melky Thera and no. uh, calling in live. Thank you guys for uh, for calling in and giving us your perspective, your firsthand perspective of what was announced. Really quick, somebody in chat, Frosty Betrayer, uh, has pointed out that they don't think that since we have done Deep Dungeon yet that we're qualified to talk about it, guys. We, you know what? It's true. You know what? That's a good point. That's a good Take point. Take with a grain of salt. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that that's going to uh, wrap up our uh, discussion about PAX East 2016. Uh, thank you guys uh, for giving us a call and uh, for hanging out here on uh, on the show today. Uh, let's uh, real quick. Let's check in with uh, what's going on now, because this is this is like. We're we're in the playoff mode now. That's right? Yeah, we are. We're Woo! we're in playoff mode for the FFFL. So right, let's I'm gonna get a fantasy update. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's check out what's going on with the FFFL. Good afternoon, FFFL fans. Week one of the playoffs has drawn to a close with one of our closest weeks on record. After 11 weeks and three matches, the Mordian Jailbirds and Hangers Crucible still have not been able to determine who is the better of the two teams. They are equal losers. Come on. The final score of the Cosmo Cleanse Toilet Bowl was 12 to 12. (laughs) But here in the FFFL, we don't have ties, so the winner will be determined right here on air. Our two competitors will be going into overtime, so if Kuki would be so kind as to make a quick straw poll, let's have the fans vote right here, right now for the final winner of that matchup. We gotta have a tiebreaker. What if they tie again? <laughs> oh, if man. They tie, you know what? Then Nick and I both take fifth and, we'll and six. I think you should just both take six. Yes. We'll both take six. Yeah. Okay. Fair and, enough. And you're banned from the next league. <laughs> Actually, if you could go, I'll go ahead and vote for Nika. That'd be outstanding because last place gets first overall pick next season. So, <laughs> next up in the Lanossian Toast Bowl, the Callow Klux Clan pulled out a tight win over the Besaid Butt Plugs. The 20 to 15 win came as a result of a last day surge in votes, as the two teams were nearly in a dead heat going into the final day of voting. Callo, Callo, Callo. Pretty Said much. No one ever. The juggernaut continues to roll. Woo! And finally, in the Zemiel Groton Bowl, Bondage and Servitude's shameless pandering earned them an 1817 victory over Titans Banana Hammock. Ooh, that was close. This match remained tightly contested all the way up until the last minute, with both teams having been in the lead at least twice during the week. My bow say. Was, my bow was clenched during that whole thing. I gotta, gotta, gotta say, Papa, you've had a pretty interesting season. Uh, I, it, w- it wouldn't have been as close of a match if I wouldn't have accidentally voted for Papa. My bad, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the Mordian Jailbirds and Hangers Crucible hitting the golf course, we have two matchups for this final week of the inaugural season of the FFFL. First up, to determine our third place finisher, the Besaid Butt Plugs square off against Titans Banana Hammock in the Ulda Fire Whiskey Bowl. The winner maintains a shred of self-respect while the loser gets tanked and enjoys their 0-2 playoff record. And now the moment we've all been waiting for. 11 weeks of hard work, perseverance, and begging stream viewers to vote has come down to this. In the, the first, Pro Bowl. In the first annual Preparation H Hyper Bowl, the Callow Klux Klan are set for a showdown with longtime rival Bondage and Servitude. While the Callow Klux Klan has been a juggernaut for much of the season, Bondage and Servitude have shown cunning and a willingness to do anything to win in recent weeks. What tricks will they have up their sleeve, especially with their GM currently on the Klan's bench? 
The Hyper Bowl would like to take this moment to thank their sponsor, Preparation H. That's right, Preparation <laughs> H for that butt hurt that just won't go away. <laughs> Just a reminder to you guys, you may swap in your bench player this week. However, you cannot make a waiver wire move. So just real quick, does anyone wish to swap in their bench player? Uh, I would like to uh, go to my bench and ask uh, Juxta, why do you think that I should swap you in and for what position? Uh, No comments. Do whatever you feel is right. All right, you're on water duty then. <laughs> All right, Juxta is on as, as the water boy. Juxta, would you like to make swap? Uh, no, because I don't know who's on my bench. <laughs> Solid. Uh, Aniro? I don't know who's on my bench either, but I'm going to go yes. You, all right, you're swapping <laughs> in absolute virtue, finally. Yay. All right, uh, who's getting swapped out? I don't, I don't. I'll pick it random. Good job. All right, Papa Woody, would you like to make a swap? No. Nope, all right. Uh, that will take us into some other league news. Uh, the Ethics Committee has completed their investigation of the Besaid butt plugs in regards to the disappearance of Cloud and has elected to turn their findings over to the proper authorities. A federal indictment of the team is expected to come as early as next week. Rumors are swirling that the FFFL will be expanding to add more teams to the league next season. While nothing has been confirmed as of yet, various cities have already drawn up bids to be the newest team with an FFL representative. More on this exciting story as it develops. And uh, guys, that is what is going on in the FFFL this week. We will see you guys next week for the conclusion of the Hyper Bowl. When you say FFFL, it just sounds like you're stuttering. FFFL. Alright, well that's what's going on in the Final Fantasy Feast League. If you'd like to be a participant and vote on the outcomes of those matches, LimitBreakRadio.com is where that happens. Of course, we do have the Hyper Bowl showdown that's going down this week. Make sure you stop by LimitBreakRadio.com to vote for this all-important showdown to see who will be the champion of the Hyper Bowl and take home this year's trophy. And uh, as uh, rumor has it, we uh, might be opening up the league to more participants if this is a bit that you like and you want to, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe even manage a team uh, and uh, go up against the uh, LBR crew, then uh, that that we're going to have details on how that's going to be possible for you coming up in in future episodes so uh, make sure you keep it tuned right here to twitch.tv slash limit break radio or limit break radio.com uh, all right before we get out of here let's take a look at some emails uh Kahlo, why don't you start us off here i sure will uh can i start off with that really cool one that i wanted sure yeah go ahead as soon as the fucking outline actually opens have juxta read a small one juxta why don't you take this first email because it's not that long all right from uh leia joma from famfrit hello lbr i've been listening to your show for several months now and just wanted to say that episode 60 was one of the most raw genuine productions i've heard in some time yeah the, the way you've handled your naysayers was absolutely perfect i see nothing but passion for what you do each and every week it was also a kind gesture to support mithri in his time of need Asking for help in today's brutal society is not an easy thing to do, and I completely respect the authenticity <laughs> in how both Mithri and yourselves handle this situation. My last point, as a filthy casual with a wife and two kids, I listen to your show because I identify with you. You love the game, you love the lore, you love the Aorzean community. You don't take it too seriously, but you can buckle down and talk about real issues when necessary. You appreciate honesty and being comfortable in your own skin and work hard to refute hatred and unwarranted vitriol. Don't change a thing, guys. This is a crazy dynamic you've put together and it's really, really working well. 
I look forward to listening to your broadcast well into the future. Thank you for what you do. Regards, Leah Joma of Bamford. Thank you so much for that email. What a great email. And uh, we really, you know, it's it's nice to hear because, uh, you know, when you have a, a comment thread as long as 700 comments on Reddit or when you have an AMA that lasted as long as I do uh, and, and uh, you get a lot of questions or a lot of comments like, well, you're turning away your entire listener base. There is something that, you know, as as a performer and as as someone who looks at this as, uh, you know, a, a way to further my career, it does. You know, that is that is kind of a, a, a scary, concerning thing to hear that you're alienating your own audience. But at the same time, though, uh, you know, we've we've made it very clear. We know our audience. We've set it up very well to where. Any any feedback that we're getting from our audience is not going to become filtered exactly. through Reddit. Like it's not coming to filtered through us uh, to Reddit. There's a we said this on the show that there's a ton of other ways that people can contact us and get a hold of us if they have a problem with the way that the show is being presented. And I would be glad to talk that out with mm-hmm. any of our listeners, any of our supporters, if you want to have that conversation. Yeah. How ignorant must you be to come across a Reddit thread started by someone who listened to a single episode? Episode and then think, oh yeah, they're pushing away all of their people because this one person who's never well, no, listened I think to they, it. I think they look at the 700 comments that something like that gets and goes, well, look at how many people are displeased with their product. Which when, is if fu- they did any real investigation, they'd realize there's not that many people displeased with it. Well, I, 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 I mean, I don't know how many, how much real investigation that you can do, but I mean, like, I think that that you know, in the in the media landscape that we have today, we're going to get more and more media. That is reflective of our society. And I think that true. in a lot of ways that LBR is reflective of the community that we do have, but not just not the, uh, you know, the 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 real happy Careberry weeabooey face that a, a lot of people seem to get when they interact with the FF14 community. Yes. We're a bit of a counterbalance to that. And that that's actually a dynamic that I quite like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something that I have to keep reminding myself is that, look, like it's not for everyone and that's okay. I think one of the coolest things about our dynamic is the fact that we were able to find someone who is somehow a hybrid between Care Bear and Elitist. <laughs> you know who that is? Nika. Yeah, it's Nika. Yeah. Well, uh, so let's uh, let's take this next email. Uh, Ascalia, you do this next one sure. since, since he's from Bulmung. Uh, long time listener, first time email. I've been away for a while and I'm going back through your emails and just listened to episode 56. Listening to the progression issue and the one pertaining to connecting content. Two solutions I thought of while at work. So first for the story. Instead of making brand new zones and all this other shit, how about they put an NPC in the game that becomes available at 50, then at 60 as well, called the fortune teller. They tell you your fo- uh, future in the form of a black and white cutscene and goes over important points of the MSQ up to 3.0 or 4.0. Interesting. Giving the option to keep the story Stories linked while not requiring the completion of the MSQ to enjoy the next expansion. And before the cutscene, there is a warning saying that this isn't the way the game was meant to be played, blah, 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 shit. An idea and an awesome way for people who have already completed the content to brush up on the story, and if the new player wants to go back and check it out for themselves, it would still be available. Right. Also great for alts. Before we go on to this to, to, to the next point, something I'd like to point out. Uh, when when we first talked about the idea that, that Square Enix is like, oh yeah, we're not going to do what we did for Heaven Heaven's Ward with the gating anymore. 
the biggest concern from a narrative standpoint that I think Aniro and Nika concerned was, well, how's anybody going to know what the fuck is going on? Right. right. And at the time, I tried to offer up something similar to this, but I think it was brushed over to where you would just basically have an NPC that gave you the too long, didn't read. And you're right. It wouldn't be a perfect solution. Yeah. But honestly, <clears throat> in the end, people who decide to just go straight for the new content and skip all that, they're only hurting themselves anyway. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I guess you have a point. They um, probably only want a TLDR at that point. But at the same time, though, you know, that was a lot of the same, uh, you know, the same argument for having a, 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 a story mode for rating was that, you know, oh, well, if you don't like it, well, then, you know, you it doesn't really affect you that much. I think that it does. I think that it would uh, end up impacting uh, the, the game overall. So, um, um. Second for the intertwining systems you were talking about. Oh. I was just guessing because it's because that's at that point you're talking about incentive. I mean, story is a big incentive, mm-hmm. and and when you take any kind of story out or you TLDR it, then like literally, what purpose does going back to the 2.0 zones and doing any of that uh, MSQ have? Well, the thing is, I don't think they're. I mean, all right, look, when it's gated, I think people don't even attempt to try it because in order to get to 60, you're going to be doing the MSQ anyway. Yeah, but who who does uh, who does does solving the gate problem who does that make life easier for new people not new people to a certain degree but new people who are who are playing an mmo for a first time Mm -hmm. they want to have something to uh you know to invest themselves in they want to have a character that they can invest themselves in it's really only for the reviewers like at that point like having just getting rid of that gate is solely to appease the reviewers and i think think that that sucks viewers if reviewers hadn't have touched that at all that people wouldn't have had a problem with I, yeah, I think that I, I think that the the story gate wouldn't have even been a wouldn't have even been an issue had it not been for the reviewers. That's interesting. So, um, yeah, I think that that was definitely a, an agenda that they pushed. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, second for the intertwining systems you were talking about. What about a system that used items acquired through all different means? An item from Alexander, one from Fates, one from Skynamus. Then you combine those items in different orders to make different gear. Imagine farming Fates in one zone for one piece that allows you to craft gloves, then an item for Skynamus that determines the type of stats you get, hmm. then an item from Alex that affects the item level. Possibly some options, rare ones uh, from who the fuck knows that add special effects to the equipment, giving full customization to your armor. And hell, you could include cosmetic options too, adding glows or colors or to the items as well. And don't explain any of it. Leave it for the community to figure out. Just some ideas. Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Pal Galstan from Baldon. I like that uh, I like that suggestion. That's a pretty cool suggestion. I also like that he actually wrote from Baldon. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't that wasn't added. That's right. He That's knows he, he lives in a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take our last email All right. here. Greed and uh, Nika, you especially, all right, FF11U should listen to this, okay? Okay. Greetings, hosts of Limit Break Radio. Uh, This will be a somewhat long email, but I won't apologize for it since it's long overdue. I am a devoted Final Fantasy XIV player that has been made aware of LBR during the Salted Earth era. Yeah. I love that we have like an era. Era. Is that our our attitude era? I guess, yeah. I don't know. If anything, we're we're pushing it farther now. That's where where our bad boy attitude really started. Yeah, right. BSE and ASE. Yep. Uh, and uh, have been following the show since. Final Fantasy XIV is the first MMO that I dip my head into, and the, and the, here is my story that you guys have a major influence in. So the TLD, the, uh, TLDR, I want to quit raiding for a long time, but my static wouldn't have it, since it's harder and harder to find a replacement and more convenient to just keep me. I have been told that if I left, they would tell everyone what a horrible player I am. What? 
<laughs> According to FF Logs, I am about the 70th uh, percentile for uh, Alexander Force Savage, and they will get me banned from the Final Fantasy 14 community and other unpleasant threats. Boo. Jeez, I can that see sucks. why you'd want to try hard yeah. for them. Yeah. Well, I see why you would want to quit. Uh, I got raised in a way that I usually don't say no to people, and my static was convincing me that there is nothing out there in 14 aside from raiding. So I stayed. Then one day, after listening to you guys for months, something finally clicked. That there is something more to Final Fantasy XIV than raiding. Much, much more. So I approached my static and declared that the day we beat Alexander Six Savage will be my last day raiding. No one took me seriously since it was my 20th time saying that I'm quitting. And a few weeks later, the moment Vortexer fell to its knees, I left the joyful party and went, uh, or I left the joyful party and they went sh- because they wanted to go straight to Alexander Seven Savage. Immediately got a tell from the leader. Confused. Towels turned more and more into hostility. Towels from more members of the static got involved. Oh, God. But I didn't care. I felt that I gave them ample time to find a replacement. Now it's my time to enjoy Eorzea the way I see fit. Now with an entirely new group of friends, I spent a lot of time socializing, helping my BFF run her FC, rekindling with old friends I've been ignoring since I started raiding, and I couldn't be happier. That's excellent. Eorzea is brighter, and I am again looking forward to logging in. I get to this point in largely thanks to Limit Break Radio. You showed me that I can be a devoted Final Fantasy player even though I'm not raiding. Yes, LBR gave me a blueprint on how to grow a pair between my legs to stand up to the bully and defend my opinion, and for that I am very grateful. Now I have my penis cannon loaded, and the next time raiding community <laughs> comes bullying, I will make the jizz balls rain on them. <laughs> Gross. In the beginning, you guys are a bunch of faceless assholes at the other end of a headset. <laughs> then you guys became an acquaintance that I listened to during downtime. Now you've become a group of friends I'm looking forward to spending time with every week. Thank you for making Eorzea great again. To the listener, raiding is a small part of Final Fantasy XIV. You should do what you enjoy doing. If this is your first time with LBR, give them a chance and stay a while. Behind that gigantic groups of dicks is a group of kind of dicks who cares about the Final Fantasy XIV community. <laughs> Sincerely, a derpy bard machinist from Balmung. P.S. Sorry for the terrible grammar. English isn't my first language. P.S.S. Hi, Nika. Thank you. Right. I don't know that I like having our show associated with the idea of making Eorzea great again. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that. Never mind. I'm sure how I feel about that. No. Oh. It's too late. It's done. No. I made Eorzea great again. I Build a wall. Keep I, the Garleans out. <laughs> I gotta say, and make them pay for make it. Make them pay. Gonna, that's right. Gonna make gonna the gar- lo- and they're gonna like it. That's right. Make the Garleans pay for it. Anyway, thank you so much for that email. What a great email. What a kind email. And that's the thing is I that think you that's know, been my favorite email ever. Mithri said this last week, and uh, and I think that this is a great point. I really want to again echo this sentiment that there has been this weird, um, weird mentality that's uh, uh, started to grow within the FF14 community, where if you're not rating, you don't mean shit. Like you. If you're not rating that as a player, you don't mean anything that our value is only measured by the amount of achievements that we've been able to tick off of a list in our lodestone profile. And what the the truth of this email is and the truth of what Mithri says, uh, you know, is I mean, I think that it's very apt and I think that it's very appropriate that, you know, you don't have to raid to derive your enjoyment. Like if your enjoyment comes from pushing yourself against challenges and raising your eye level and trying to be better than other people then you know what rating is definitely something that you want to do but if it's not for you or if you've been put into an environment where it makes you uncomfortable then the best thing for you is to listen to your gut and to do what you want to do i i think that this is a great example you know uh 
just go do whatever the fuck you want instead of reading. Don't don't yeah. Don't let somebody bullying you into uh, you, you know into a, a way of thinking. You know, like that's you're you're doing as much damage to yourself as you are uh, to to anyone else who wants to you know pick that shit up and put it on your shoulders. And if you do want to leave rating and you're thinking about doing it, I promise you, you're not alone. Nico, I'll tell you, it's not easy finding a rate replacement it right now. Not. A lot of people don't want to do rating. You're not alone. Don't feel bad for it. Play the game how you want to play it. Yeah, exactly. Piss on the haters. Exactly. Well, uh, I'm glad that we were able to uh, give uh, some folks direction on how to deal with uh, deal with the hate that they get from uh, inside FF14 or in the Reddit community. And, you know, we keep hearing uh, from more and more people every day that are like, wow, that AMA was really incredible or the way that you guys were going at Reddit is something that I really respect. And so, you know, that for for every comment that says you're you're shredding your audience, you're destroying your audience. We get four more that are like, dude, what you're doing is important and it's awesome because it's not, you know, and 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 I don't mean to rag on the other FF14 shows, but the truth of it is is that we do something that the other FF14 shows don't do. We provide, you know, we provide you the same information that you can go look up on Reddit or uh the Lodestone or anywhere else the 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 uh the plethora of resources that we have here before us uh with the internet. But Limit Break Radio gives you something that you can't get at those other places. They Dick can jokes. they can they can do great fact recitation. Gay terminators. And they can, you know, they can they can give you the exact gear that you need to be able to meet this DPS output. But we offer something different and it takes a little bit of courage to say no I don't need to stress myself out and I don't need to uh, you know put my sanity and my friendships at risk trying to ride the line of bleeding endgame in this game so that I can confidently say things on my own show and just uh, 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 approaching it from a point of like dude we all play this game we uh, you know, like the minimum requirement, the minimum requirement to be a host on the show is that you got to play like it. I don't care what you do when you play, but you just you got to play and, like and even that is kind of lax when it comes to Ascalia. Right. Yeah. We, <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Hey. He literally just turns around and gives him this like, what the fuck face? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, thank you guys so much for your emails, for your comments, and for your calls today here on Limit Break Radio. Uh, exciting stuff out of PAX uh, 2016, and hopefully we'll have a whole lot more uh, to look forward to with this Palace of the Dead feature. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to Limit Break Radio live here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Uh, if you haven't yet, hit that follow button. If you're a lurker, you like the show, uh, you just kind of stumbled across it for the first time maybe today. Uh, you like what we do, hit that follow button. Join us each and every single Sunday when we do the show here live on twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Coming up next over at twitch.tv slash Final Encountercast, we've got our latest episode of Final Encountercast, episode number 15. We're going to talk about YouTube drama as well as aging gamers. Uh, so make sure you uh, join us over at FinalEncounterCast.com and twitch.tv slash Final Encountercast. I want to thank my crew, Kala Landis, Juxtaposition, Nika Kayanian, Escalia Ryan, Masa manning the phone lines. We've got Kooky Persona and uh, we've got our interns, uh, uh, Papa Woody, as well as Skuro. Congratulations again to Skuro for uh, making the cut and for dealing with our bullshit. Why didn't we, you pronounce his last name? We because he doesn't have a last name. Fuck him. <laughs> uh, we we do want to thank you guys for all of your help and support for 
for the show and uh, all the time that you guys uh, dedicate to uh, to doing this. So thank you guys and thank you. Shout out to Scrow, uh, who's uh, going to be doing uh, doing a lot of help with us uh, on this end. Do you so, realize what you've signed up for? Uh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's, it's it's going to be it's going to be like that scene in uh, Full Metal Jacket where we just start beating him with soap in his bed. I was going to say no. Nothing's actually changing for him except that he has more work to do. It's true. All right. Thank you guys so much again to my crew and to you guys listening live at twitch.tv slash limit break radio i'm anira keep listening Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. Today's episode was produced by Aniro Grigori, Nika Kayanian, and Ascalia Rayumasa. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Captain Failboat, Zurian Urexin, Azura Giacho, Bianca Forwin, Kalina Ashsaber, Thor Carson, My Waifu, Satori Komeji, Darbykins, Sakura Chan, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash husky by the geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at diamondmm.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. <laughs>